Yes, thank you all for listening. I think you'll like this show. It's different from our norm, different from what we normally do. So you're listening to Weird Seeds Inside the Goldmine. You're such a guy that all things wild and wonderful in the world of cult entertainment. Tonight we're doing something a little different on the new and improved Third Eye Cinema Weird Scenes Network. Now on Podbean. So good evening and welcome to, this is kind of a special, we're not kicking off our 10th season yet, that's still in the can, we'll get to that in a minute, but this is not really part of the ninth season either. What we decided to do because of the whole lockdown coronavirus situation, which is impacting everyone globally and certainly the tri-state area is a major hotbed for this, we are just kind of doing something off the top of our heads, just kind of catching everybody up on what we've been doing, just personally and also in terms of where the show stands and everything else that's been going on. And, uh, you know, just keep you guys informed and keep us in your minds and hearts <laughs> as this continues to go on. And we will be back to normal once the world starts getting a little bit more back to normal itself. So, again, I am Doc Savage and my co-host, Mr. Lewis Paul, the maven of sleaze, virago of vituperiveness, and center of calm. Uh, <laughs> hello, Lewis. Hello, how are you? Good, we're hanging in there. So yeah, like I said, tonight was actually, well, I, I kind of floated it as a possibility, but it was kind of your idea, so did you want to kick off? Well, yeah, uh, it's, it's it's almost, we're going to be bantering about this and that, probably, I, I assume this is going to be a while, being uh, quarantined and such. Yeah, um, seems that way. So uh, our, probably uh, our, our next show after this well, unless we end up doing another one of these, because who knows? Unless we do another one of these, because you have you have a lot of things you saw that we could discuss. We can also do a greatest hits package. We could revisit some things, which is something we you discuss, and I'm yeah. not a you know I I don't have an issue with that. And so there's that, and uh, we could do another one of these uh, as well, <laughs> just to stay in everyone's minds. Um, uh, social distancing, you know, whether electronic or in person, is 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 something everybody really has to follow because that's the key to this thing. I believe is is getting within physical touch, yeah. or if someone's extremely coughing, ranting, hazing, where you could see it in the mist. I mean, that close to an individual. So that being said, I'm seeing an alarming raise. And the amount of people having house parties, I get it. I get it. You get it. You know, we're not going to say we don't get it. You you probably have extended friend, uh, family and friends. And even if you're not a party person, like, it's the end of the world and we know it. That's I get that, too. But you can't do that because, you know, buy a bottle. If you're with a wife, with a mistress, with, with friends, you know, whatever. If you're with your favorite massage girl, whatever, you know, that you manage to steal away, you're not working, so might as well stay here. Uh, um, and they're all closed. I'll get to that in a minute. But uh, so I, I get it. Buy a couple of bottles, you know, 
order out. That's the other thing. You go to the supermarket, it's empty. I'm yep. sure we're going to discuss this. I'm just touching on things we'll probably discuss in the show. And the ordering out thing is a great idea. All the local communities are really supporting it, except they're closing one by one. I don't know if this yep. is the situation by you. Uh, at first, uh, the local community groups are really just, you know, hey, you know, Vito Joe's is still open. Uh, Little Anthony's Chinese restaurant's still there. But guess what? In two weeks, they're all slowly closing. Yeah. And uh, I went on Grubhub last night for just as an example because I felt again, no pun intended, for Chinese food. <laughs> there are none in Hoboken, Jersey City, and Union City. So it's three counties. Wow. And the nearest one was Belleville. And I'm like, no, well, that's got to be wrong because that's – an hour and a half drive. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely noticed that, and especially, okay, yeah, this is one of the exclusions. If you're an eater, you're allowed to still be open for takeout or curbside. But mm-hmm. you know, it, as things get worse and continue to, they continue to see people basically being fucking idiots and being out on the streets at all hours, continuing to patronize parks. Now, technically, they weren't smart enough to close the parks. They just close off areas like, okay, don't go to the dog park, don't use the equipment, uh, stay out of playgrounds, that sort of thing. But they left the county parks open. And we would see, basically, our big thing is just to get the hell out of the house because my wife is not like me. You know, I'm kind of a, a goth and a decadent, and I'm perfectly happy to be hunkered down, give me all my shit right with me, and I don't need to see anybody unless you know it's a friend that's going to come over, which is not the case right now. Uh, because you don't want to do this in this uh, in this environment, like uh, Lewis was saying here. But normally speaking, I don't care. That's fine by me. I don't need to get out that often. I'm not an outdoors person. But my wife is, and she's very much... Uh, I'm actually impressed with how well she's taken it, but she is really kind of one of those people that starts chomping at the bit right away and has to get out there. i got cabin fever. Oh, my God. She had cabin fever before it even started, when they just announced it. I'm like, oh, God, this is going to go well. But one of the things we do to uh, keep that in check is daily we've been going out for car rides. You know, silly stuff, you know, Pokemon or whatever, from the car. And a lot of times we would go for a quick walk in whatever small park, like the local ones, assuming that there would really be nobody around. You just do a lap or two and you got some fresh air and you go back home, you didn't run into anybody, hopefully. There you go, you're done. And yet we've been seeing... Because in the beginning, in certain days like today, the weather's a little crummier, it's a little colder, maybe it's a little rainier, overcast. There's not that many people out there. The roads are pretty empty. It's good. But then you get days like a couple of days ago where it's like pushing 70, and the place is packed. I mean, there's people out there with baby carriages and walking their dogs. Okay, yeah, I understand you have to do that, but, uh, you know people that are clearly not families hanging out together you know and not like keeping any distance we're talking about basically leaning on each other within like a foot of each other bullshitting you know people riding bikes people running people whatever and it's just there's huge congregations i'm like this is never going to get better because the problem with this is uh you know and this we'll get to the coronavirus party thing in a minute the problem with this is to get this stopped unless you're going to be draconian like China or Russia or someplace like that, North Korea, where they've got a communist government or a fascist government, and they say, okay, that's it, clamp down, you're out in the streets where you're going to get shot, the military's out there, whatever the hell else. You know, even I, I heard somebody like Ecuador or Colombia, 2 p.m. to 5 a.m. or something is their curfew. They've got to be in their houses and they're done. 
I'm like, wow, I got a lot of time in my hands. One guy was saying, you, you can't really do that in this country if you want to keep it free. So the problem is, people take that as, eh, I'll do whatever the hell I want, especially with, you know, our idiot president and Fox News going and saying, oh yeah, you know, it's it's fake. It's a plot from the Democrats to try to, you know, get uh, Trump out of office this November or whatever the hell insanity they're coming out of this tinfoil hat crap. And they're basically saying, oh, yeah, it's just like the flu. More people die from the flu. I've had people argue this with me several times. Oh, it's yeah, not, yeah. It's yes. not just like the flu. Because the flu, first off, who the hell dies from the flu unless you're really old and sick? Secondly, the, they actually showed the stats. Normally, when you get somebody that has the flu, they will infect one person. That's it. Right? And that one person might infect another person. But basically, that's the end of it. With it's this highly, one here. Right, right, right. Yeah. Everybody that's got corona infects two to two and a half people right off the bat and it's virulent and people are going to the hospital and now we don't have enough equipment and Trump's saying I'm I'm not going to give it to any governors that don't support me or mock me or whatever the hell and you know it really pulling us bullshit uh, I'm going to quarantine you know the hotspot states because you know they're all liberals anyway I'm going to be good to my red states really but anyway the bottom line is we've got people that are totally overrun by this because it is virulent and what's going on too is people are getting sick enough that even if they don't die, you're getting fibrosis of the lungs afterwards. So, like something that happened to me, unfortunately, many years ago, you get something like a bad pneumonia, and yeah, you recover, but then you are susceptible to all sorts of things afterwards. Lung mm. diseases, flus, asthma, pneumonia, whatever the hell, because your lungs are already fucked up at some point. This is much worse than that. You got fibrosis in your lungs. That means part of your lungs will be permanently scarred and never come back to full functioning. There are people talking about being out. There's one sort of person they had on the, the local news thing, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I got through this." And people, I want to hear the story. And she's like, "Oh yeah, you know, I used to be a fitness person and whatever, and I'm a vegetarian. And I'm used to running all the time, so it was a shock I even got this. And now I'm, you know, basically doing fine again. I'm out of the hospital. I'm doing whatever." halfway through the interview she's like yeah you know i have to hit the oxygen tank once every hour just to get myself back up to something approaching normal and then it drops again you're in a fucking oxygen tank and that's your idea of healthy you know this is really serious it's not a joke people so the more people that are out there and up in each other's asses the more of a problem this is well yeah, yeah I, I agree. I agree. It's a more of a problem. And, and these parties, and I'm, and I'm not making this up. There are several in New Jersey. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're all over the country. Um, I get it again, but you've just infected. If there's a chance, a chance of somebody at this party having already – see, here's the thing. There are some people who are – know it. Right, they're ninety percent well, ninety-five percent well, and they don't know it because of the extremely warm and mild winter. Mm-hmm. Allergy season is early this year. Yep. So all of us, and I'm one of them. All of us allergy sufferers, you know. I, oh, it's just allergy. You don't know. We could. I. You could be carrying. I could be. God knows. They say there's a really long gestation period. Do I don't forget what they said. It was ten days or something. Ten days. So you're walking around. You don't know that you got it. So you're sprinting to all these people in the meantime thinking you're fine, and oops, surprise. Like, you might want to tell that story about that jerk in your place there when you started coughing, making fun of it. And I was like, oh, yeah, go that's, ahead. Yeah, that's a true story. I posted it on Facebook. I was uh, at the local supermarket, which they now put up plexiglass for the cashiers, mm-hmm. and they put tape on the floor so you have 10 feet 
between you and the next person when you're waiting in line. Okay, okay. So this is a guy, a uh, white gentleman, uh, 60s, let's say, uh, a real, you know, uh, blue-collar blue worker, I could tell. Mm. He's just talking to himself and to anybody in the earshot. Like, I don't believe this. I don't believe I don't know anybody's sick. I don't know anybody's fucking died. This. this is all bullshit. I don't. So then I'm getting closer. He's bagging his stuff to, like, stir. Can you step back? to like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And he turned to me and he says, you know anybody died from this stuff? And I didn't say anything to him. He goes, you're wearing a mask and a clothes. Don't you feel stupid? Huh? You know, I don't wear any mask. I've been 30 years. I never got sick. I'm like, yeah, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> so next, I'm done. And I go to the liquor store three, three blocks away because I need to restock. <laughs> He's there. The same spiel. Mm. And the guy working there is looking at him like, yeah, okay, okay. Like, you don't get it. So I leave the liquor store. He goes, well, take care, buddy. Uh, be healthy. And he starts coughing, coughing and hacking. He's catching his breath. And I look back. He goes, fuck, I never get sick. What's going on? <laughs> this is fucking crazy. What's going on? And I'm thinking, wow, that's quick karma, buddy. Yeah, it's the karma. Unbelievable. And, you know, this whole thing is just really fucking scary. So... I get there's there's two different problems here with the party thing. Yeah. One is there is a community that is really overrepresented in certain areas and by us and I'm sure if you're watching the news you will see the same towns represented over and over again mm. where cops keep having to bust up weddings. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So these people are just they're they're from oh, another oh, right. weddings too. I've seen that. They had yeah. to stop a wedding. They've got another culture going on that they feel is its own. It's almost like the Amish, and they feel that they are their own arbiters of justice and morality, and they don't need to listen to the general populace's. You know, oh, that's just their, the government doesn't mean anything. I got to go to, you know, whoever the hell it is that leads our group, and they say it's going to be okay, so we're going to do it. And the major, like you know, they say fifty people's plus, but hundreds of people at these fucking weddings, and they keep busting them over and over and over again. They keep doing it. And surprise, surprise, those areas are the ones that are the hotbeds of coronavirus. What was that two weeks ago, I think, thereabouts in Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York? That was uh, one of them, yes. It was a huge Hasidic thing. There was video of them, you know, hopping and dancing. They can't That's dance what I'm talking about, yeah. Okay. And, and, and like a week later, the local, uh, I think it was Erasmus Hospital and Mayamamides, all the local hospitals were full of people from guess where. Yep. And uh, this, since you spelled it out, it's places like Lakewood. And, uh, there was one up in, the, not the Monroe, but in that area. Mm, like, we're yeah. talking about not one or two instances. We're talking about five and seven major fucking weddings going on. How dumb are you? You're, and then, of course, like you said, it spreads. They, they become infected right afterwards. And nobody says, oh, wait, maybe we shouldn't do that. Then eh, the hell with it. We're going to go. Hey, you know what? I, I don't want to pigeonhole, but, but sometimes... You know, I'm like, I'm so fucking annoyed. One of these people who went to the New Rochelle Synagogue who works in my office, That's in my team, mm -hmm. um, yeah, he's still working from, from home. So uh, this fucking idiot, <laughs> so I'm working, for, we're all supposed to be working from home. Do you not look at the news? Even? <laughs> and he, he emails me, he's like, Lewis, are you in the office? I'm like, hey, so-and-so, nobody's in the office anywhere. Do you not pay attention? <laughs> you know, this is the thing, and he's he's of that ilk. Yeah. When he when his fourteen day quarantine was up, he right away 
told the manager he wants to come back to work. Yeah, and that's part of it. That's one area that's a problem. Yeah. And then you've got these dumb millennials and younger yes, who it's basically another problem. they heard that somewhere originally. They changed their mind because of what's happening. Uh, that, oh, yeah, you know, if you're younger, if you're not part of one of these groups, like you've already got a pre-existing condition of some sort and you aren't a senior citizen, you'll, you'll get through it. Don't worry about it. So they're like, you know what, let's just catch coronavirus together and we'll not only have like a, a doomsday party, but, you know, we'll build an immunity to this and we'll get over it. We'll deal with it once. We'll be fine. And we'll never get it again. Well, first of all, what happens is I was just watching Mask of the Red Death yesterday because it reminded me of this. Mm. Uh, and it's just like that. You know, this arrogance. And it, it, it's like I said at one point, it's like, you're dumb enough to spit in the eye of God and not expect recompense. What, what are you... So what happens is these kids, they think this, they're holding these parties. I actually have an old podcast partner who was jealous and annoyed, not that these people were doing this, but it's like a bunch of idiots, but that he wasn't invited because they were worried <laughs> because he's older and he might have gotten sick and they didn't want to be responsible. And he's like, oh, I didn't get invited. I'm like, are you fucking dumb? <laughs> really? <laughs> Seriously? So you remember, what's... you remember that old, uh, what was it called, Wild in the Streets? Yes. <laughs> At, uh, 67, I think. Uh, very, very rarely discussed. I don't even think we ever got around to that. And no, that, that was on a disc with gas. I remember the same. Yeah, idea. <laughs> it was. It was. It was a really freaky. Um, where uh, who was it? Paul Jones, maybe from Manfred Mann. It might have been. I think so. Um, uh, you know, running for president, young guy, and and they decide to drop. LSD for all the older people over 25 or over 30, and they put them in concentration camps or some shit like that. My yep. mind is vague, but that's it was a all young people running the country because of yeah, this drug word all they did. Yeah, yeah, and, and, but but it seems like almost the reverse is going on. Like now, the older people look sort of like we know what's going on because we lived through a lot of shit. And it's the young, it's the reversal thing is going on. I saw somebody post that. Was it you or someone else today? Saying the the culture is tipping now, it's reversing. Yeah, it it's wasn't me, young, but yeah. Yeah, it's the young ones now are like fucking everything up, but not paying attention. They used to blame us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the difference is they aren't socially involved in the same respect. They try to right. be, but these are the kids that were raised coddled by the parents of the 80s and so forth. You know, don't, don't, you know, chide your child, sit them in the corner and talk to them. And the nice idea, but bullshit. And yeah, this, this is the kind of guy that comes home. Hey, mom, you like my man bun? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they live at home until like 50. Like, come on, really? They, they never really grow up because they, they all have jobs raised. as bartenders. I know, I know. <laughs> We're also talking about you white millennial bastards, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the problem We're is. We're really here. black, in case you guys didn't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> I won't go there, but <laughs> but the problem is they're thinking they're invincible and doing this stupid shit, and then what happens right afterwards? Because they're like, oh yeah, you know, we won't catch it. All of a sudden, the, the spike in the curve. What the hospitals were saying was, oh yeah, most of what we're seeing now is people there between 21 and 34. Like all these idiots that were going to these coronavirus parties are flooding the hospitals. I'm like, well, duh. And, and here's here's another thing. And then I want to get to Elmhurst after this, but. Here's another thing, too. This messes with, well, you're always home, but this messes with your sleep patterns. Yeah. And, and so, like, I I traditionally, because I used to commute to Manhattan and back and forth and have to be at the office around 7 a.m., 
you know, I would get up insanely early. I told you this many times. Yeah. And so now I'm already home, but it's hard. I'm still getting up early. But right after I get off of work, I crash. Mm-hmm. And then I wake up in the middle of the night and I go back to sleep. It's really weird. So I'm seeing on Facebook with community groups and with people that I actually know, they're because they're home. Their spatial time is all fucked up. Yeah. And they're starting to complain about the weirdest thing. Like there are people repeatedly complaining about loud music being played. And then somebody <laughs> else is saying, like, does it sound like a record player or a radio or, or vinyl or CDs? Yeah. Yes, and it really disturbs me because it's 6 o'clock. I'm like, yeah, p.m., yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> but see, this is messing with people's sleep patterns now. So every little thing now, they want to crash because yep. they've been up. And a lot of people probably don't have the, you know, the ability to work from home. So this is like really messing with people everywhere. Um, so Elmhurst, did you hear about that? No. Tell me about this. So Elmhurst, Queens, um, big Asian population. It's no secret. As well as as well as Flushing, but even probably tenfold if we could say that. Uh, Filipinos, Chinese, uh, Japanese, Koreans, blah, blah, blah. Um, in the tri-state area, I don't know, there's probably hundreds of massage parlors. There's a relation to the story here. Um, but they all go back home to Queens. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it comes 8 o'clock, the shop closes 11 p.m., everybody takes their buses, their cars, all pile up, go back to Queens. Here's the deal now. Two days ago, and Cuomo was the one who announced this. Uh, uh, Andrew Cuomo, right? The uh, governor of New York. Who I am, I'm throwing a lot of respect his way that I normally would not do, but he's speaking very well and very much like he knows what he's talking about. And I give him a lot of credit, you know, for that. You he's know, trying to be silent here. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Like he's trying to calm. You got to, you got to understand. We have nobody trying to calm the people. Yes, that's true. So he's trying to calm the people. So with that being said, so Elmhurst Hospital had 13 deaths in one night. Oof. 13 deaths in one night. How? What does that say about how many were infected that are actually in the hospital? Yep. And so. Um, some of the hospital staff the next morning post in the, the uh, parking lot in garbage bags saying we don't have the proper equipment. So his office calls the hospital. The hospital says, oh, yes, we do. Yes, we do. And they said, if you don't have it, we're going to give it to you. So applause meter for me. But the thing is, so Elmhurst, huge Asian population. Somebody went back and forth. Some people went back and forth whether it was China, whether it was the Philippines, whether it was South Korea. Mm-hmm. And they just boom, 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 like what you were saying earlier. It's such a densely populated group in Queens, this area of Queens, yep. is that it, it, people are body slammed, you know? And that's are, the problem. The, the more tightly knit people are, the closer you are to everybody, the bigger the issue. So, yeah, I did actually hear about this story now that you're saying it, but go ahead. Yeah, and then... Uh, because I really haven't been going anymore for a variety of reasons. That's another story. Uh, to the local church, because, uh, you know, the wife's Filipino, and she wanted me to go, and I tried to. The older pastor was a nice guy, and I would sit there for amount of time and talk, and 
You say, okay, I've done this thing. Wait for it to fall in your head. <laughs> but there's a new guy who's like, somebody gave him one of these old, remember the old um, speakers that had little lights, so when you played the music, the lights would go on? Yeah. So I gave him a DJ thing, so he likes, after the mass, he likes speaking on his thing. I'm like, I'm walking. You know, I... <laughs> So anyway, uh, a lot less people have been going, obviously, because yeah. of this. And somebody I knew from the church, she was an older gentleman. Uh, uh, the missus told me uh, that uh, he got sick and from the virus, and he died quickly. Mm-hmm. So it's like, wow, you're starting to be people you know, not just celebrities or politicians and the like. Exactly. And what's weird, too, is the shopping situation. I mean, we've yes. been stuck as for early on when this first hit. I started trying, okay, maybe we should pack up on a couple of these things. The toilet paper thing was ridiculous. It still is. There's no reason to be stocked up on toilet paper, but that's what people were doing. And water and things like that. And they were impossible to find from before this became a big deal. And then when it did, oh, my God. So we were going, like, day after day to different stores. Like, okay, nope, nobody's got the stuff here. We get one item out of the seven-item list or whatever the hell it is. Mm-hmm. Finally, we got enough you know, within the first week or so, I think, we got enough to get us by for like a week and a half, two weeks. All right, fine. And then it extended. You know, then they kept going, oh, no, this is going to go a lot longer. So once again, last, I think it was last Saturday or something, not this one, where our governor's just basically, there was a warning that he was going to do a bigger clampdown, and he did. That's when they installed the curfews and whatever else and shut more things down because people were just, you know, anybody was telling people, yeah, just come into the office, screw this, and obviously spreading things, making it worse. So he's like, we got to shut down a whole bunch of businesses. we got to clear the roads. we got to start being a little bit more picky, having cops out there chasing people out of parks, whatever. So when we heard this was happening, we tried going out Saturday morning and hitting – oh, and they started putting senior hours, all kinds of things happening. Stores mm. closing earlier, uh, even the food centers I'm talking. We went out with, you know, again, to replenish because things were running down from that original week and a half, two weeks of supply. And we ended up, by the end of that night, basically getting almost everything we went out for great but it took us literally eight stops from three and four of the same store going to different ones in the chain you know from like town to town and you get one item here no items there two items here no items there no items there one item here it was that kind of shit so i'm like oh my god we're getting so much exposure to this stuff and it's not so bad when you've got somebody that tries to handle it right like an aldi or something but when you got somebody like, believe it or not, Trader Joe, they, we were up there one time, it was like a bomb shelter. And this is during this event. People were back-to-back, crowding the entire store, carts everywhere, big long lines, and the cashiers are like laughing and joking around with the manager, screwing off. I'm like, really? This is what you do in a situation like this? Are you crazy? And then we went to a ShopRite, a big supermarket in our area. Mm. And the freaking place, the first we went to, actually that Saturday morning, had out of this list of, you know, let's just say it was nine things on there. It had eight things. We filled up our cart in a minute or two, right? No big deal. But we kept seeing these huge lines in the back of the store. I'm like, what the hell are they all waiting for the kosher market? Or, you know, there's a couple things back there, like fish market, the kosher market. Maybe they were waiting for the deli. I don't know. I'm like, this is really strange. And it was kind of tough to get around the aisles and stay away from people. And it turned out that they were wrapped around this entire back end of the store, back down again, because, you know, people, some of them, we're leaving space. Like, okay, this person's paranoid. They're going to leave it 10 feet between them. And then a whole bunch of others were right on top of each other. And then there was another space and whatever. It went all the way around the entire store, almost twice. 
and then went up to the front because they're only opening if they've got about 30 registers there were six open and not really letting people through much at a time which okay they think they're being safe that way but who the hell's keeping six feet of distance there's this line of people that were back to back all around the store mm. and everywhere you went in the main aisles you couldn't help but be within a foot of them because they're too cramped so like what kind of shit is this my wife said hell, let's just leave so you know being not want to be an asshole i took the stuff that was refrigerated and tossed it in there as refrigerator so at least wouldn't go bad but you know that was it we walked out and it ended up being eight stores to even re-get most of what we had and when you go to some of these places even like the Aldi's they had the new shields up like you were talking about and they had the tape on the ground and all that kind of stuff but then when you go to pay or whatever when they fill those carts they're right in front of you it's like you know you got a foot distance I'm like okay that's not really intelligent and what I noticed the we're saying with this whole virus thing one of the checks they do, like at the White House or whatever, they have those temperature things they put on your forehead to mm. see like if you're infected, because apparently your virus, your your body temperature goes way the hell up. I'm telling you, every maybe fifth or sixth person, once you if you get within a couple of feet of them as you're passing through an aisle or a line or whatever, I could feel body heat coming off a lot of people. I'm like, whoa, what the hell is that? Whereas other people are fine. So I don't know. I mean, do we run into maybe like 20 people over that one day or other times we were out there that were infected with this thing? Or were they just hot and sweaty? Who knows? You know, but it's scary. It's a scary thing. Do you wear the funny mask? No. Actually, that's one of the things. And one guy said this and he was right. In the beginning, what they were telling us, and I think they may still be saying that, is don't wear the mask unless you are sick. If Mm. you have it, then you should be wearing it. And the guy was like, you know... This kind of scares me. That everybody's running with masks. I thought you were supposed to wear them if you had the disease. <laughs> so I don't know what to think. Uh, but we haven't been doing that. We just try to really not go to stores. But you wear gloves, though, right? To the stores? No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just come home and wash up quick. <laughs> no, you got to wear the gloves because you don't know who touched the product that you touched. The virus lives on surfaces. Yes, we know that. Is that. Okay, you know that. So you should wear, really try to wear gloves. Yeah, as soon as we walk in the door, we wash up. That's basically it. Every time you touch that stuff. You got Purell in the house? You got to have Purell. No, that's the thing. We went looking for all that, and it's still, after all this time, you cannot find it anywhere. There's no hand sanitizer. See, my good people at the office, the op- the two office workers I told you about, because they, mm-hmm. they work for an outsourced company. You know how what happens to us outsourced motherfuckers. Yep. But we look out for each other, and uh, they gave me some stuff. So it's loot. Nice. My last day, loot. You need, yeah, yeah, give me something. You know, so I got like... Hey, I wash my hands a couple of days. I check my temperature twice a day. <laughs> I use Purell. Mm-hmm. And, and don't jerk off after you use Purell. It really stinks. <laughs> but no, just kidding, folks. Kidding, kidding, kidding. I know it's TMI. I'm just joking. But no, really, uh, Purell really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, honey, there's no more lube. Ah, Purell. Anyway, so. <laughs> Yeah, I guess anyway. So um, I do that. You might think I'm crazy. You see the pictures of me when I go to the laundry in the supermarket. I wear the mask, right? Yeah. I'm not doing it to be famous. I'm already famous. No, I do <laughs> it because I don't want to get sick. Yeah, of course not. And I just don't know. They might be – look, there's a huge shortage of everything. Yes. Oh, it's getting bad. Yeah. There's a huge shortage of everything. Of course, that's going to be number one. They're going to say from the get-go a couple of weeks ago. They already knew there weren't that much of that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, it's okay. 
So I don't wear it when I walk in the street, although, and you have seen this too, I'm sure, people walking in the street wearing the mask, correct? Oh, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Okay. I get it. And, you know, I, the first time I saw that, maybe before this hit big, I was like, oh, wow. All right. You know, that was my reaction. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, I get it. But when I, if I go to the supermarket inside, I will wear it. I go to the laundry, I will wear it. Yeah. And if I'm going into a place to pick up, but actually the Walgreens near me has gone completely hardcore Nazi. Mm-hmm. There was a line outside there yesterday morning because I was like, oh, I wanted to get something. And I go up there and I see about six people outside. Mm-hmm. And there's some girl outside with one of those cool masks like my buddy Barry's got, like with this little big nodule thing on it, which filters the air. Oh, so, gas mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like that. It's like that. And she's outside working for Walgreens, still letting one person in at a time. When that person leaves, the next person, I'm like, yo, wow. Yeah. How long they is this going to take? once or twice, too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, how long is that going to take? Forget it, yo. Um, so I, I wear them for my own safety. I do these things in the house for my own, like, what did I touch? You know, I, it's chilly out today. It's maybe had a couple of chilly days. So I wear glove gloves, you know, so I'm not going to wear that. But if I'm going to touch something, yeah, I'm going to switch to, and my supply is dwindling. Please say gloves in care of. <laughs> and that's actually another problem you brought up there that people, we didn't discuss before. People, it's only going to get worse because not only has everybody run out of supplies, but in the hospitals are obviously overworked and overshifted and whatever the hell else. They're not I going feel to bad for them. Yeah, I feel but, bad for them. Yeah. But they're actually seeing now, and you're getting a lot. I think I saw something like 7,000 or 70,000. I don't remember what the number was. Uh, cops in our area are infected with coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And so who the hell is going to police the streets? You know, things are already getting crazy. I had a friend of mine who basically staved off a mugging. A guy tried to mug him. He actually walked into a supermarket. The guy was shopping at by himself. And for some reason, he got up past the curfew. I don't know how he pulled this one off. But he was doing it up by him. And... He was leaving the store with a cart full of shit, and this guy walked into the store, suddenly turned around. He saw him in the glass of the doors and, like, was right on top of him. And he's like, after you, buddy. And, like, you know, he backed up into it. The guy, like, looked at him, ran out the door, jumped in his car, gunned it out across a couple things of traffic, through a red light and everything else, and was gone. He's like, I don't know what that was all about, but I don't want to know. <laughs> so. Wow. He, you know, this people are getting crazy out there. I've had people trying to pass other cars on a regular street because they were, I don't know, they weren't even going that slow, and try to come into me in head-on. I've had people, when we were sitting there watching, mm. go through red lights and almost nail other people while they're just, I don't know, like one guy was like hunched over his, his dashboard. I don't know what he was doing. But people are nuts right now. They're all getting flippy from this. See, right, right. And you're you're a driver. Yeah. So think of it from the pedestrian standpoint. Oh, yeah. Like, for example, like, you know, I, I said uh, a few minutes ago, I still do my laundry. I, I try to be there around 7 o'clock in the morning, less people, okay, you know? Mm-hmm. People are speeding in the fucking street because they're yeah. probably thinking, oh, nobody's out because of the coronavirus. Dude, That you're going to hit somebody, kill a cat, kill a dog. Mm-hmm. I, I see this the last couple of weeks now. As early as I try to get out and get fresh air, I see cars speeding. Yep. 
And I'm seeing less in law enforcement. We know why the guys are getting sick, you know. Uh, and so are the hospital workers. Now they're hitting a bunch of them too. Yeah. So it's getting bad. It's, it's only going to get worse before it gets better. So don't spread oh. the shit, people. Stay the fuck at home. You know, get your stuff you need to get. Make sure you got enough spaghetti or milk or whatever the hell you need to get through. And just that's it. Chill out. You know, use some Netflix. Play your CDs or oh, you got your iPod. Read some books. You got something in your house that will keep you going. Play video games, whatever. Make children. <laughs> Have sex, exactly. You know, it's boring, but you got to do this because the only thing that's going to stop the curve from getting worse and worse and worse, and it's been proven to work. We've already seen some changes in places like China and even, uh, I don't think it was Italy, but one of those countries, or maybe Germany, has oh, actually Germany, had a turnaround. Yes, Germany, yeah, they've had a turnaround yeah. because they were strictly enforcing the social distancing, stay the fuck at home thing. And yeah, they're still getting cases, but it's dropped. They're on the downward swing. They're going to be over this sooner than and we are. That's for damn sure. So stay at home. Stop the coronavirus party. Stop the weddings. Stop congregating in fucking parks. We know you're like getting stir crazy, but... This is just going to keep getting worse. And this is not a joke. It's not Otherwise, a conspiracy. We'll be reading about you dying. So, you know. There you go. Blunt, blunt, blunt truth. So you've been listening to what kind of music different from what you usually listen to? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, okay. So let me, uh, I, I, there's something I want to say at the intro because I didn't think we're going to spend so much time on coronavirus. But, hey, it's a real thing that we're dealing with here. Because mm. that's actually part of it, what you just mentioned. So. I still have, we have that Burt Reynolds show uh, that kicks off season 10. We recorded this. It's just now it needs to get some edits. But what's going on is it takes a long time to edit these damn things. Because, you know, it's just normal. There's nothing hairy going on. It's just we don't want to be sitting there with all the ums and ahs and searching for words. I mean, sometimes that comes up just because one of the others is getting a little loopy and it's funny or geared or whatever. But, you know, nine times out of ten, I'm going to chop that shit out and make it sound better. Just because, you know, we don't want to bore you. We don't want to bore ourselves. We know what's going on here, but this is just kind of us talking on the fly like we are now. Uh, that's the only difference. We're getting rid of the ums and ahs and the, the deadly air and whatever the hell else happens. We or have a lot less up. deadly air on this show, you notice. <laughs> yes, because it's not important. We're like, okay, I'm going to read from my old notes that I read. And, oh, wait, I forgot right. the inflections on this or whatever the hell it is. You know, we're not looking up. Hey, wait, who's that guy in this thing? I remember somebody in this. And a quick look up with the, on the Internet, like whatever. Mm-hmm. None of that's happening. That's what gets cut out. Right. So... To do that, it takes a bit. And honestly, for me to do that while my wife's sitting there, like, entertain me the whole time, is really not possible. So when coronavirus goes away and she goes back to work and everything's a little more status quo, then yes, that will be edited. We'll start doing new shows. That's the other problem. Uh, Topics that we were talking about doing. Most of these things, the way I do it, I don't know how you do it, Mm. because we're talking about older movies and older stars and whatever... Yeah, I have a lot of stuff in my collection, but a lot of this stuff comes through. We have a great library system in our area where you can borrow from stuff all over the county. Mm. So unless they go and discard things because they haven't gone out in a while, which unfortunately happens, I've actually had things that we covered for the show. I thought about it later, and I was like, you know what? I want to take a look at that one again, and it's gone. They got rid of it. I was the only person that took it out uh, in God knows how long. But that's how I get a lot of these things. Okay, I pull them from the library. Oh, look, here's a whole bunch of, you know, Burt Reynolds films, for example. You know, I had like four Burt Reynolds films at best, maybe even less in my personal collection because I wasn't a fan. Mm. But I went and pulled a lot of things out of the library. Okay, there you go. Well, 
that's not going to happen right now because guess what? The libraries are closed. Nobody's transporting things from library to library. Nobody's going out there and saying, oh, by the way, your item is in. Come pick it up. So, are your libraries closed? Are all the libraries closed? Yes, they should be. Wow. <laughs> but, yeah, as far as I know, they've been closed for a couple of weeks. Mm. And then even if I have stuff in – okay, okay. What do we got in – that was one of the things we discussed. What do you have on hand that we could talk about? Well, mm, a lot yes. of it we did previously. And you mentioned we can go back to it. That's fine. Uh, do a, a catch-up or whatever like we did with Bond. But, you know, in terms of new things, there aren't as many that, okay, you have on hand or you remember from recent years that I have on hand that, on top of all that, <laughs> my wife will sit through because she's here now, you know, 24-7. And she's actually been mocking a lot of our shows, especially the you know tough guy type of shows we've been doing lately. Tell her go to her room. Go to your room. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I'm talking about okay, even classic stuff like Steve McQueen or counterculture yeah, guys that stuff like Elliot Gould. Yeah, they're great stuff. But she's mocking those. Forget about something like Bronson. <laughs> so that's not going to happen right now. So again, we will be back. We'll be back on our feet doing the normal thing we always do. But as long as coronavirus is floating around out there and people are home from work 24-7, we may do more shows like this, like you mentioned. We, we may might, do some more we might, yeah, revisitations, yeah. but uh, it'll probably be just, you know, keep us in your thoughts. And uh, here's a little something to remember us by while we're waiting. While uh, the church bell tolls. Exactly. A, you know, I, I said this before. It's an ominous church bell, man. It's like, that's it. Your time has come. <laughs> the Grim Reaper has appeared. You mean the one you just heard? Yes. That is, when I got booted from my house and disowned many years ago, yes, people, there's a long story. Uh, <laughs> a family, I believe in, your family is the one that you choose for yourself. You know, the misfits you gather to yourself and make your own, basically. Kind of like Joss Wheaton. I found that interesting. We mentioned that in the Firefly show. That's actually a theme of his, uh, mm -hmm. kind of recurrent. Yes. And I'm very much for that. I was surprised to see that in his work uh, over and over again. But I've been saying it for years, personally. But one of the things that I did not take from the house because I was not allowed to uh, was this grandfather clock. It's technically a grandmother clock that was passed down through the family. It was uh, in my grandmother's house on the Italian side. And it used to scare the shit out of me when I was a kid, and I thought it was much bigger. Obviously, being a grandmother clock, it's about as big as me or less. But uh, nonetheless, you hear it. It chimes Big Ben, the whole thing. And it keeps great time, whatever. But... My mother took it with her to her house with that guy that she ended up marrying. And, of course, being the kind of person he was, the thing fell into bad disrepair. You know, there were, I don't know, there was stuff in, like, dog cages inside of it. I'm, it's disgusting. The place was disgusting. He was disgusting. Anyway, so 20 years later or something, whatever the hell it's been, almost, yeah, 20 years plus later, we wound up, when the house got sold and all much things happened over there, getting this damn thing back. We had to get it fixed because parts were missing. Uh, but, you know, nonetheless, uh, it wasn't on our dimes. Thank, thank you. <laughs> thank the higher forces for that one. And here it is. So I finally got this thing in the background. I'm sure you've heard it on many a show. Of, oh, uh, is that what that is? Because yes. see, I never heard the whole story. I thought it was a church outside your house. Oh, I wish. We used to have that in our old town. And then they stopped the guy that used to ring the bell because he was a little slow. I guess they just stopped it or he passed on or whatever happened. Oh. And they started doing the, the ones from the keyboards that I hate, the fake bells. Uh. But that was my old town anyway. Now, this is the, that's what it is. This is in my house now, uh, chiming away. And it's funny because 
when I had this special with uh, my buddy Santu uh, from uh, the band's uh, Saturnian Mist and King Satan on the, the Third Eye special that was really kind of a moving towards light. He actually made a comment at one point of how it was creeping him out. <laughs> he thought it was the Chimes of Doom, like you're saying. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's what that is in the background if you hear it uh, every so often. So anyway... Ooh. Yeah, uh, so on that thought, you, you had sent me a very long, as usual, lengthy <laughs> text message uh, with, with lots of stuff, though, that you both have watched that she liked and you liked enough yes. that you revisited that she didn't mind watching and to go ad infinitum. But we did a lot of these shows where we not only mentioned things, we actually covered some of these things more yes. than once or twice, actually. Mm-hmm. So there's that, but I'll take a look at that list, which I still kept, and uh, you know we'll see going forward what's up with that. Yeah. In the meantime, uh, me. Um, so are you going I, to that, or are you going to music? Because you were talking about that first. Yeah, we're going to jump into music since we're already talking about movies. We might yeah, as well just finish this this thread, uh, but then we'll go into music. Because um, we kind of jumped into movies when once I mentioned music, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine. That's fine. Um, so as far as movies go, I uh, we I had messaged you or mentioned or something at some point. They had this huge backlog of, of movies on Blu-ray and DVD, and you said, "Well, people still sending me stuff." That dried up. Oh, okay. But this is this is the backlog. You know the the dried up backlog. I, I finally sat down. One of the things I'm doing since I'm stuck in the house mm-hmm. is taking shrink wrap off. So I better watch these fuckers because if I decide I don't, I don't want to watch it. I lose money if I want to resell it because I take the shrink wrap off. Yeah. And I have to say, um, I keep really good records. And uh, something I mentioned in other shows in the past is, like, uh, I'm surprised how the cost has gone up for Blu-rays. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we discussed this a couple times. We're not knocking. The, we know you guys have to buy the rights for stuff. And we know that you're make you want to make money by you know you're doing you're, you're putting extras on. Please stop with the slip covers. Who the fuck is? We don't care. Nobody cares about the slip covers. And I've said numerous times over the years, why on eBay are there sellers? And some of these are you guys, you companies selling slipcase only, nineteen ninety five. Who wants a slipcase? <laughs> Do you see the newest scams? Jumping off of that for a second. Mm. Those, those fucking assholes over there at Code Red. Uh, I haven't dealt with them for a long time. Let's put it that What's way. What's he doing now? They've got some scam running as of like a week ago where they're trying to get people to buy into a club for like hundreds of dollars a year so that they can get the first dibs on you know, whatever the hell he puts out. And he's like, oh, this is off to members only. And stuff that they've been pushing, like, you know, where Yeti or whatever the hell they got out coming next week. Probably the farmer, because they've been floating that one around forever. So who knows what the hell it was. You know, 10 years ago, they were floating that. So it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to give it to members. So sign up now. You know, give us $300 or some crap. And people are actually biting. I don't know if it's just, you know, the usual group of, you know, trolled sycophants that they pay or whatever the hell. But mm. are you serious? You know, even if you have that kind of money floating around, are you nuts? But doesn't doesn't that reek of the old uh, video video search of Miami scam? Yes, it actually does. And where he was like, uh, send twenty five dollars to be a member of this club, where you then order a movie for twenty five dollars. Yes, that's <laughs> that like, was, fuck you. <laughs> really I, mean, I mean, I would send that guy copies of stuff that I had that was in pretty decent shape, 
and 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 people used to send me his tapes, you know, because it had the label on it. It had, you know, because he had these these video search in Miami labels, mm-hmm. uh, you know, printed up for the VHS tapes, and they sent them to me. Like, look, take a look at this. Like, holy shit, I sent it to him. <laughs> what did he do? Did he did he go down to what was it, SLP? Remember, six hour yep. speed or eight hour speed on the T one sixties. When he was for a while the exclusive guy to bring over Roland films Roland, and make them subtitled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, they were so poor looking. I, I, that's the only time I ever bought from him, uh, and was from friends till we kind of pulled their money for those. But yeah, I mean, I was so glad to get them from cheaper places like you know video screens or wherever the hell else. And now, and now everybody's got them. They're in nice, nice form mm-hmm. and. You know, uh, blurry shitty prints he has had like Vaseline all over him and... yeah Redemption which is somehow still around um, yeah, I don't know how that works yeah uh, they 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 still occasionally just remaster those things not too long ago and I almost ordered them before I looked on the shelf one day sitting on my uh, you remember the white the white love seat I got you yeah. know by the by the DVDs and I'm like oh shit I almost ordered that I have it <laughs> You know, Requiem wow. um, and, and all the Bishop LaHaye ones, of course. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I even have the Blu-rays. That's <laughs> <laughs> nice yes. the old DVDs versions, but still. Time to take stock. So things I've been watching, um, um, I, 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 I've discussed this with you personally, probably brought it up on the show a few times, this thing called Supernatural. I have to say, I'm in year eight of 15, mm-hmm. and unfortunately it looks like they're not going to finish their 15th year due to the coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, which is a shame because, uh, you know, fuck, anybody sticks with something for 15 years, you know, try to make it to the end. But, you know, I get it. Uh, anyway, because nothing's shooting right now. Everything's locked yeah. down. Yeah. But anyway, I'm in year eight. And so uh, Netflix, Netflix. So you don't have to, you know, All I right. discovered this by happenstance. People have mentioned it to me. It kind of went in one ear, went out the other. I think they were at an earlier convention I was working at. And uh, I'm right now still kicking myself in the ass because uh, it was a one-time deal that they showed up. And mm-hmm. I really think this show, it is gross. It is fascinating. And it's, hey, they have make fun of ourselves episodes. You last that long, you have to do it. Um, only recently have I noticed a few less than thrilling, you know, like, okay, you guys are entitled to, like, do a shitty one. Yeah. Um, uh, but so I've been watching that. Um, but watching a lot of things I've seen already. Uh, I plan to hit my backlog this mm-hmm. week. I'm going to try to do one movie a night. I got. I finally got uh, those Nashi uh, box sets. Okay. That were really expensive. Uh, oh, those old ones. Yes, I remember I got those. Yeah. This is about two or three years ago, but they were always pulling like fifty to sixty bucks. Fifty to sixty bucks and. I was starting to think, you know, if I keep waiting, they'll be out of print. Yeah, I was lucky enough to get them when they came out, so I didn't pay anywhere near that. But, yeah, they do drop out of print and go up really fast. Or well, something. this, yeah, this is even even from, from Shop Factory. It's still 50 60 bucks, 59 I think. And even Amazon um, was almost that amount. And I just looked on eBay, and some guy was blowing them out, still sealed for about 30 a piece. And I said, That's all right. Yeah. I said, oh, I'll get this. And he wanted three dollars shipping each and i was a little pissed because usually you you buy something combine them, yeah combine them but like right after i won the auction um i said this this the seller does not combine like why don't you say that ahead of time but it's like all right i got it in two days 
Mm-hmm. So I was very pleased. He sent it like fucking priority mail, which costs more than six bucks. Yeah. So I was very, I was like, all right. So I, I have those to watch. And I have uh, the last con I was at, I I, I, I got some stuff from uh, Video Syndrome. Um, uh, and again, you know, their stuff used to be like uh, at shows 15 and 20. It shows now 20 and 25. Like, jeez. Jeez, I know. Um, looking ahead, this they've been doing some oddball movies, some you know, the, like like Severn, they're they're dabbling in all these other genres, mm-hmm. and I I don't know. I mean, I do want to see their version of Malabimba, mm-hmm. uh, although I've got a lot of those already. But yeah, I got it myself. So. But, but I'm curious about that. Other things I've been watching was um, this week, The Kingdom. Uh, it's uh, South Korean, mm-hmm. subtitled on Netflix. Is it uh, season two now available? I'm like, well, I never saw season one. It's like a it takes place in feudal times. So think like old school Chinese Kung Fu flags yeah. with lots of sword fighting. And it's quite well done. Subtitled, of course. Um, it's about zombies. And it's not bad. Um, I got just finished season one, which is about nine one-hour episodes, more or less. And I was like, you know, they could have did this all in one season. So I'm curious what they do in season two. But I do recommend if you at least watch one season of that, the show, The Kingdom. Other than that, um, I've been listening to all kinds. We're going to get their music now. All kinds of weird stuff. Um, current ringleader of Gong is Kavris Tarabi. And uh, the current version of Gong, yes, folks. And uh, the other day, I was, the other day, a couple of weeks ago, I, uh, I I didn't realize Gong had a new album out, you know, and, and I saw them live two years ago, and I thought they were so great. And he has a he has a uh, another band called Knife World, which is like, a, almost like Gong, but even more weird. I'm surprised and, it still exists. Is, it, is Faust and Can still around? <laughs> well, uh, actually, uh, do you remember the Japanese singer from Can? Yeah. He was playing in New York. He was supposed to do so in April at a small club. Really? And I wanted to check. Yeah, Damon uh, Suzuki. I think yeah. that's, and I was like, oh, my God, I got to go see that. I, don't, I have no idea what he's been doing, but if it's anything like he did 30 years ago. Yeah, the first couple albums are really good, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I presume that's not going to happen right now. So I'm looking to see if that got rescheduled. But anyway, back to, to Cavus. So um, – Sometimes, you know, you can't get a good deal anywhere, especially on vinyl. And I forgot about Bandcamp. Yeah. So a, a lot of a lot of artists – I'm promoting Bandcamp now, folks. It, it's for good cause. A lot of indie artists use Bandcamp. You can add – the cool thing about Bandcamp, and, and, and I don't know if you notice this, you can hear in its entirely mm-hmm. the whole album. Yeah, you actually stream the whole damn thing there. You can whole stream the whole damn thing and decide if you want to own it. So. Okay. I'm checking out this new gong, which I ordered the vinyl because I'm a vinyl maniac now. And and I actually, I was in a closet earlier today while you were all sleeping, um, pulling out all my vinyl and alphabetizing it. And now I have a lot of vinyl. Anyway, I even have Sinatra. Shut up. So <laughs> nothing wrong with Sinatra. It's just vinyl now is like doubly expensive. I hear, I hear they're going for like thirty bucks a pop and up. Well, so this other band, you mean beside Knife World? It's called the Utopia Strong, 
And it came all the way from Germany on orange vinyl. 180 gram. This is so good. I like this. This is like acid core mixed with tangerine dream with a couple of that kind of spacey acid rock stuff going in there. Mm-hmm. And I want more of it. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you do with my list that I sent you? Of, of, of music stuff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was I figured stuff. you would like a lot of that, considering what you're saying. There's actually more. I'll talk about it afterwards, but go ahead. Oh, yeah, no. It was, it, it, yeah, I, I, I like... Well, it's funny. I will com- make this comment that a lot of stuff you suggested, that uh, some of the <clears throat> album covers or the illustrations or frozen images that some of these bands are using makes it appear like there's something much harsher. And then when you listen, it's like, no, right. it's right up my alley. Exactly. That's the trick, because they're they're trying to advertise to a metal audience and an extreme metal audience at that. So yes. people that are listening to black metal and death metal and thrash right. and whatever else, and then they're going to go and listen to this, you know, old acid rock and doom metal and occult rock and all this kind of stuff. This is very retro and very 70s. Uh, well, they're going to get the same sort of imagery, and yet it's completely different. It's more psychedelic rock. Yeah, one want. of the things you, you sent my way, and I forgot which one it was, reminded me a lot of this band from... About 10 years ago, called Espers. Okay. And they did about three three CDs. They were from the Connecticut area, I think. Connecticut and Maryland. They, were, they were really very, hot, justifiably, on uh, Jack Stoff, So. Yes, yes, yes. There, there was a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's pretty much where my thing has been. There's also, uh, he's going to admit it, on my Verizon Bios, I found this station called soundscapes okay so it's not 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 any vocals and it's not quite new agey it's just a mixture of odd strange things but once in a while they'll play like gandalf interesting yeah <laughs> i'm I, I hear that name again except for the lord of the rings it, obviously <laughs> yeah i know but gandalf was a really heavy psych rock band and, i remember and, yeah. and they they play some like old vangelis we're talking pre like on camel <laughs> I've seen Camel on here. So, you know, wow. sometimes you it's it's a good thing to I put it on a lot in the background too when I when I read and then suddenly I'm startled like, what is that? Let me go take a note. Let me write this down. Yeah. Mostly out there people. <laughs> people, yeah. They also do well a lot of shamanistic stuff. Um I actually purchased three CDs of this uh, Indian shaman. He's an actual mm-hmm. uh and, and I really dug that. And um, so that's where I'm at audio-wise right now. And right, yourself? So, since you started off with the films and stuff mm. like that, so in terms of stuff we've been watching, uh, I had mentioned, I'm sure, in our last podcast, Doom Patrol happened a few weeks before yes. all this coronavirus stuff happened. Uh, so I won't rediscuss it, but yeah, I really enjoyed that. And unfortunately, the second season was supposed to be just about wrapping uh, when this hit, so they yes. postponed that. It's, it's still going to happen. It's just, you know, when everything clears up and people can go back to normal, actually start filming without being afraid of dying, <laughs> then it'll pick up. So for now, we got to deal with the first season and enjoy that. But really, really good stuff for those who are interested. I said last time around, it's true. It's kind of like Franco is true to the sod uh, in this respect that it's not letter perfect, but the spirit is you're never going to find anything closer to the original comic sourcing than you will with this. It's, it's actually shocked me. I'm like, wow, how the hell did they get away with this on TV? And the CG, which I usually hate, actually mm. works to allow things to happen that I was like, they're never going to be able to put this on television. How are they going to do this? They can't. They couldn't even put it on film. And somehow they did it. I'm like, wow. 
Okay. So I'm very, very impressed with that one. I can't recommend it enough. Um, we also rewatched all the, the worthwhile seasons of Scooby-Doo, of all things. Uh, oh, about you're the, sick, man. You're... <laughs> the, originals, the originals from 69, which I guess technically was two seasons. The 76 one, which was paired with that awful Dynamite show. And the 77 series that they often claim was lost. I don't know why they always say that. But those three or four seasons, which is basically all the Scooby-Doo anybody ever needs to see after that got cheesy and they got scrappy and, you know, Vincent Price and also the dog shit. But the real seasons, we watched all of that. And I was like, you know what? It's really strange that this infected an entire generation because throughout the 70s, there were so many Scooby-Doo knockoffs and they tried to make other things, even the same Hanna-Barbera, tried to make other shows that were just like it. Goober and the Ghost Chasers, Amazing Chan the Chan Clan, uh, you know, what the hell, Clue Club, even something crazy like Jabberjaw, I mean, Speed Buggy, uh, Josie and the Pussycats first season. These were all Scooby-Doo knockoffs, but none of them were that successful, even though some of them I do like a lot. I like the Chan Clan a lot, for example. But, you know, somehow this handful of episodes and none of them were perfect either basically defined a series for generations I mean to this day people know Scooby-Doo is kids like it parents play it whatever and yet it was just nothing much it was like okay there was on there for a year in the end of the 60s and it was on for two years in the middle of the 70s and the rest of it was just reruns and people trying to do the same formula and failing like, wow, that's actually bizarre in retrospect. It's not like it was on for 13 seasons or something, but they were all fun. You know, even the bad ones were, like, fun enough. So we enjoyed that. <laughs> and then we watched, uh, this is, actually, that kind of all fell right before the virus hit. So since then, we've been re-watching uh, Edgar Wallace Creamy. We'd started mm. beforehand, but there's an issue with some of the discs, which uh, Lisa thankfully took care of for us. In retrospect, that was really nice of her. So now we've got playable versions, and they actually do play through. If you're listening, Lisa, thank you. They do work. From so, something weird? From yes. something weird? Yes, mm. something weird. Uh, our copy, we had a problem with a lot of our something weird copies for some reason, and it was in the past too, but it's gotten worse. Uh, well, I, uh, I, it's not, it's not Lisa's fault. It's not no. Mike's fault either. It's just the, 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 the discs. replications, yeah. Yeah, they were using. I have, uh, I have some something weird discs. I pulled out in the last uh, pre pre virus days, in the last two months that I want to sit down in bed and just pop them into the the big TV and found they won't play at all. Yeah, mine will play for about an hour and then die. I'm like, come on. Oh no, these won't even play. I'm getting a message saying, you know, there's nothing on this disc. I'm like, what? <laughs> exactly. It so was. I- yeah. I hit her up, and she was nice enough to go and replace a bunch oh, of them. Oh, she's sweet. I mean, she's a great woman. Yeah. I've got so many of things there. I was like, God, I'm not even going to go that much. I was just like, okay. We were watching Edgar Wallace, and we got stuck with all these movies. My wife was like, I can never see the end of these freaking things. And we hit her up, and she replaced them for us, which was fantastic. So, again, thank you. And I had the, yeah, the first, was it four or five uh, German box sets of the Edgar Wallace films? Yes. Which which I'm glad I got. This, they were cheap. I'm well, relatively. But like, they're not well, all subtitled or dubbed. Um, most are subtitled and or dubbed. Uh, there's like each set has about one picture. It's not. Yeah. But I can, I've seen them so much. I know what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, do you, I mean, guys, these things are on TV all the time. Channel nine. Was it channel nine or 11? Uh, nine, I think. I think it was nine. Yeah. And, and you know, we've seen them so often. It was just nice to have them again. And then I was like, I really like these. I'll buy them from Germany. Didn't you get rid of your uh, Peter Cotton sets, though, which I was surprised at? I did. I did. Yeah. I needed money at the time. Shh. Uh, that's so, sad. That's sad. Sometimes <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. But anyway, so 
we've also been watching a lot of old detective series. Uh, the Peter Laurie, Mr. Motos, which are surprisingly good. They're not like Charlie Chan's at all. They're uh, even though I like those as well. Uh, they're more spy films, if you will. And it, yeah, Peter Laurie makes a terrible Japanese man, but <laughs> it's, they're actually you don't concentrate on that too much. It's not really the focus. He's just kind of there as a double agent, whatever the hell. Often playing the bad guy, kind of like the shadow or some of these other people would disguise, and he pretends to be somebody else. Like, oh, this guy's you know the criminal mastermind or something. And it turns out to be he's just using it to get in on the the crooks or whatever the hell the spies. The bars crawl off Mr. Wong's, which are aren't I don't, excuse me are not as good as those, but. They're still pretty decent. I definitely enjoyed them more than I remember. And, you know, my wife watched these both as well and also said, well, you know, they're not making a big stink out of it. It's not like a Yarl Peril thing. They're just, he's there and he's pretending to be Asian, which is cheesy, but so what? Boston Blackie with Chester Morris, which is lots of fun. The problem with that is it gets predictable after a while. You know, the thing with the the conceit of that one is he's supposed to be a reformed safe cracker, and he's got this one cop that we're like, is there some kind of, like, homo rock thing going on there? Because he's got some kind of issue with that. 15 years later, and they always say it was 15 years since he reformed. This guy is still following him around everywhere he goes and blaming him and his partner, they just call the runt, some short guy, for every single crime or murder that happens in the area. It's always got to be his fault. It's always ready to lock him up. It's always ready to throw away the key. Like, really? You know, 15 years and you're still obsessed with this freaking guy? You know he's gone straight? What's your problem? And half the time they end up shaking hands and laughing at the end anyway. Like, oh, thanks for solving the case for me. You asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, Chester Morris himself is really winning, and they're fun. Yeah, you're back to normal now. Yeah, so, it was weird. You suddenly went <laughs> asexual. Uh, from somebody who was in the closet this morning. And <laughs> we also watched The Falcon and the Saint. Uh, not the radio show with Vincent Price, uh, and not we had talked about previously watching the Roger Moores and the much better ones with Ian Ogilvy, The Return of the Saint. But these are the movies back when, from the 40s. And the saint was with George Sanders, and some of them were okay, but, you know, he was just, I don't know, it, it, it didn't work as well. Whereas the Falcon with his brother, Tom Conway, was really enjoyable. It was actually one of the better detective series. Yeah, those are good. I'm, I used to watch those. Everything you actually touched on and, and, yeah. and messaged uh, We also me watched about. the Final Dance watch series with of, William Powell, yeah. and later it became Warren William, our favorite pre-code guy. Uh, those were fun. Uh, Michael Shane. Mm. The trick with that is Lloyd Nolan, who was the star of that one, they did about seven or eight of them. And for some reason, whoever put it out, Universal or whatever, only bothered to put out mm. the first four and never put out the rest. So uh, we got those first four and we watched them. And I think recently they put out, there's another guy that did a bunch of them for PRC later. So I just picked those up for my wife. But we had the middle ones, you know, those, those four other Lloyd Nolans. Who knows? We may never see them. Uh, Again, Warren William, a couple of things. We saw him in The Lone Wolf, which was eh, not one of the better detective series. Uh, he's supposed to be just a criminal, fun-loving criminal. And Perry Mason, which you would think would be you know, boring Raymond Burke uh, courtroom mysteries. But again, Warren William, and he's basically just sitting there, breaking the law left and right, cracking jokes and schmoozing the ladies. There's not much actual courtroom activity, which makes them great, because I hate those courtroom things. So if you ever want to see Perry Mason without courtroom bullshit and actually like a sexual human being who is fun-loving and, you know, likable, check out the old Warren William ones. They're lots of fun. Also saw the two each. Uh, they were both on the same discs from like one of our cars or something from back when. Uh, Raffles films, which are great. And the Arsene Lupin films. Basically, both mm. of them watched the first one because it, they're both pre-code and they're great. The second one's 
they're after the code came about, and so they try to clean it up. Maybe they give him a, a wife or a kid or something, and they, they kind of boulderize it, doing the same plot, but just not to as good effect. But the first film on each of those is really good. And again, this is all from the collection, the stuff we'd seen before. We just hadn't seen it for a couple of years or whatever. It's been pulled them out again, just out of boredom or something to watch. We were about to do Bulldog Drumming with Ronald Coleman, which we'd seen before, and the old Torchy Blaine series with Glenda Farrell, who we love, but not didn't get to those yet. We also have been watching uh, SCTV again. We pulled out the first NBC season they did for, in, I think it was 1981. I remember running across that when the Plasmatics were doing it. That was the first show I saw. Um, we didn't get to that episode yet, but yeah, still watching all mm-hmm. that stuff. I think I posted uh, Tom. Who was the Schmosey Lamb Club singer that, that totally got wrong all the uh, New Wave songs, like uh, Turning Japanese, he doesn't realize it's about jerking off. <laughs> it's like, Turning Japanese. <laughs> Great stuff. It's not about that, is it? Yeah, sure it is. The song? Yes. Because no. you're squinting while you're jerking off. That's the whole thing. Remember, he's no. lonely and he's, he's looking at pictures of you and wants to see you from inside as well. And all that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was a slang term no. back then. Just like really? Wang Chung. Yes. Wang Chung's also about jerking well, we, off. Well, we know I, I touched Wang Chung myself tonight. by the Duranos. Yeah, but... and uh, was it Dancing With Myself from Billy Idol? And there's just a lot of jerk-off songs. Uh, she Bop from Cindy Lauper. Man, you're, you're, you're killing my childhood. <laughs> But, but yeah, so uh, lots of fun with this stuff. And we were also watching the Brian Clemens Thriller series, oh, which I always yes, loved. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but the first season's really good. The second season was like, this yeah. happens a lot. They, all of a sudden, even the original Thriller, Boris Karloff, somebody in management decides, what's all this supernatural crap? we got to bring it back to true crime. And those really just, I don't know, it, it doesn't work half as well. But still a really good series. Uh, and now we're watching Randall and Hopkirk Deceased, which oh, no, a lot of people like hate, that. but a lot of uh, people love. Yeah, isn't it's that fun. my partner, the ghost? Yes, is that's exactly a... what it is. Yes, yes. Mike Pratt, who's kind of this almost unlikable, crusty guy that's always getting beat up, hard luck noir type, I guess, but obnoxious, and he kind of deserves what he gets, though, uh, is the living partner. And Kenneth Cope is the likable dead one who comes back as a ghost to, uh, to help him out all the time. And his wife, Annette Andre, who's, eh, she's not gorgeous, but she's enough eye candy for the guys, is there. And strangely enough, she not only stays on as the secretary to help him out, but they have this kind of thing floating around like she's interested in him after the, the her husband's dead. And I was like, why? What the hell is it? What about this guy interesting, lady? Uh... But otherwise, it's fun. You know, it's it's a little formulaic, but in the UK, they tend to treat it, or they used to treat it, like Gilligan's Island. Like, oh my God, this is such lowbrow crap fare. And it's really not. It's, it's fun. Uh, it's entertaining enough. It's a little formulaic, but uh, Kenneth Cope definitely makes it worth watching. It's definitely mugs mm. a lot. And the special effects for the time, my wife was pointing, it's like, these are really good for whatever it was, 1966 or whatever. Because uh, right, right. being a ghost, he can do weird shit. You know, he pops in and out of the frame. or uh, Sometimes I'll have transparencies, but usually he's there. But he'll just pop in and out of scenes. And it, you can see the edits sometimes if you're really good. But some of the stuff is like, That's, oh, wow, how must to do really that? That's really hard for those guys, uh-huh. too. Yep. You know, uh, um, for those actors. Uh, <laughs> While we're talking, I'm feeling like Chinese food. What is he talking about? <laughs> because I'm like, well, what, what will I have for tonight? Because they're saying you couldn't find any Chinese food. Yeah. So I threw into Google Chinese restaurants that will deliver to Jersey City. Right. And instead, Google translated to Chinese restaurants who deliver rats to Jersey City. <laughs> wow. I don't okay. think I want any different. rat. <laughs> Well, Jersey City's starting to become a hotspot too, isn't it? You guys got a bunch oh, yes, of yes, uh, uh, actually some of our yeah. council people. 
Uh, I bet you might have saw I posted on the, on the Facebook page uh, a guy up the block. His office is up the block. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then another guy. Uh, that guy's Korean. He lives in T-Neck. How did that happen? Yeah, I know. He had money. Oh, T-Neck. Another guy is a Filipino. He did some good stuff uh, when that big, huge, mega hurricane hit the Philippines 2000, like about four or five years ago. Yeah. He was doing all these local events. I met him a couple of times. Uh, so, yeah, I, both of these guys were in the hospital. The councilman's like 70-something, so I see it. And the other councilman's about our age-ish. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're probably shaking their hands. They're, they're, they're in meetings. So, you know, boom, that's probably how it happened. So, yeah, our, our it's funny. Two weeks ago, our local mayor said, we have one unconfirmed case. The next day it was like, okay, we have one confirmed case, two in a hospital, possible. Cut to two weeks later, we have 14 dead Oof. and 230. Yeah, it's just skyrocketing. skyrocketing. It's crazy. And they're claiming that the bell curve isn't even going to hit its hardest point until April. We're not at April well, yet. Okay, is, now here's that. It's pretty bad. I'm so. sorry, I cut in your thing about the Chinese food. Please finish. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, so um, that's basically in terms of what we've been watching, which is actually quite a bit compared well, to what yeah, you said you were watching. Well, yeah, I knew that when you said you fucking uh, list. I said, holy you know. shit. <laughs> I know you're not working, but now she's not working. Exactly so like, right. <laughs> like, oh, my God, unless they see a lot of little children running around. <laughs> they're going to be watching a lot of shit. <laughs> oh, you know what I wanted to say? Uh, is so Okay, so now this is killed amongst so – I like the stream of consciousness thing because, like, you give me an idea and then I want to run with it. Yeah. This has killed the whole concert season, mm-hmm. um, uh, the uh, late, uh, late winter, spring and it looks like early summer concert season. Yes. Everybody's rescheduling now till 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, the Stones I can't speak of because we all know how far they're going to live anyway. And, you know, yeah. I was in a group chat the other night. Somebody mentioned, does anybody like Keith Richards? I'm like, hi, has anybody seen my wall? <laughs> like my physical walls in my apartment? You know, like, Why would they say well, that? I guess they didn't well, know. All the Stones, the- <laughs> and then somebody else in the group chat said, Lewis, can you tell us the names of other members of that band? I'm thinking, is this a fucking joke? Are you trying to yank my chain? You know? You know, so anyway, I'm getting beyond that. Gee, I don't know. So anyway, but no, a lot of the bands that were going to go on tour, just like totally postponed, postponed. The cruise that I wasn't going to go on that we talked about because yeah. of cost. Well, I know Yes got, backed out. Yeah, yeah, I Yes backed out. out. And I can't blame them. You know, look at the collective age. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. um, Steve Howe's what? You know, whatever. Isn't it like 80 or Not something? quite. He's up, up there. there. It's, you know, the, the drummer, Alan. And so. And. <laughs> I like Yes. Come on. You know, I like Prague. <laughs> I can't but, think of Prague, but yeah. But it's it's fun. But this Prague from. Well, you know, Curved Air was going to be there from Sweden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're fucking from, I don't know, 60s? Yep. So I like. And Gong was going to be there. We were just talking about Gong. So that's that, yeah. that's that's not going to happen. Um, right. And I feel bad for all my Prague friends who were going to go on that cruise. If anybody's listening to the show, because uh, you know, there's that there. right before that we saw what was going on with cruise ships mm-hmm. and and uh, this flights down to Florida from where these things leave from the ports, and then there's like hotels because everybody usually goes a day or two before, yada yada. But but not just talk about Prague. 
So there, it affects that. And then it also convents – sorry, blah, brain fart moment. It also <laughs> affects conventions, yeah. fan conventions. So we've seen Monster Mania get canceled. Mm-hmm. We've seen uh, uh, a lot of the local tri-state – we're talking New Jersey, Connecticut, and New York area um, – Shows being postponed and or canceled until further notice. Mm-hmm. Chiller is – I'm not doing this. Chiller is the first one to say, we'll be back the first weekend of June. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't really? want to say anything sure? negative because I work for them, but I think, oh, I don't know about that. It's a little it's optimistic. A little optimistic. <laughs> I, I, I'm surprised the hotel actually – because I'm sure he wouldn't have done it unless the hotel presented him – Something affirmative saying, oh, this should be good. Yeah. But being that this changes daily, not weekly. And it keeps getting worse. And it keeps getting it's worse. It's like doubling I, by the day. I, I presume that show, like a lot of other shows, to get bumped into the fall at least. Yeah, that's more likely. I mean, if you said it's the October show, like, yeah, sure, that could happen. Yeah, I don't know. But and it's also too close to the October show that people want to go back out there and spend their money. This, gives, this goes for any show. Um also, you have sure. to think of what's, you know, the ages of some of these celebrities. You know, you've been going, mm-hmm. and, I, you know, I've been going. I can't tell you how many people I've met, enjoyed, get, had photographed, you know, autographed with them, uh, had a little chat. I was like, okay, that was nice meeting them. And then within a year, they're dead. They're dead, so right, because okay. they're at that age. I got, like, the walls So, you know, God bless them <laughs> if Chiller manages to pull this through and this thing takes a curve and goes whatever way. Will I be there? I don't know. I can answer that at this point. <laughs> yeah. And you can leave it in. Um, I, I, I'm concerned about my own health as, as much as you are, yeah. and you know, et cetera, et cetera. We don't even need to go into that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, at the outset of the show, I was discussing what I do in my ritual. Mm-hmm. But you know what? If I make it to this thing, <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> I, at least I can feel like, okay. If I make it through this thing and I get the disease, then you have to come here and do something with these fucking DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take them. But yeah, okay. I'll take them. Oh, what about these CDs? I don't want these CDs. <laughs> you have 400 Rolling Stone CDs. I don't want them. I'll take some of the weird ones, mixed pickles, wherever you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but... this guy. I'm sorry you're dead, Lewis. Let me take your shit. <laughs> right. <So. laughs> uh, it's funny because I had a bag of stuff for you. I was like, okay. And it's been sitting for months and months and months. And I'm like, I don't know. You're selling everything off. Should I even give it to you? Which you I still do have it? it. I don't have anything uh, loose. Yeah, sure. Ready to go anymore. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I have to sort. I don't know anymore. Like I said, I don't really have. I don't know. Who says we all have time now, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, all right. This is going to be a little bit backwards because I was going to say something earlier. But uh, we talk about music. You went right into yes. so. Bear with me here because there's something I'm going to reference that we'll go back to afterwards. In terms of music, beyond the operas and the reviewables, <laughs> which we'll get into later, before the virus hit and uh, made the wife and I alternate desperate multi-store attempts at stocking a few weeks' necessities with hunkering down, which we were talking about. And, you know, again, this is alien to her nature, just being here and not being able to get out and do whatever the hell you want to do in the sun. Uh, I was relaxing in my afternoons, going through my entire CD collection of classic death metal. So not everything... Me. Everything from like the big names in their heyday <laughs> to more obscure but still worthwhile ones like Benediction, Monstrosity, Vader, Gorefest, Morgoth, Sinister. You get the idea. Going all the way up to Malevolent Creation, Obituary, Deicide, whatever. So it was a lot of death metal. So 
now that she's here 24-7, I'm restricted more to, like, melodic genres, because she hates the growling. She hates the... It's a, it's not even the aggro, because she was, like, kind of a punk, but I understand. Yeah. I mean, I even can't stand them. Nowadays, they put it in everything. You get some genre like prog, and somebody going... Bah, 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 bah. I'm like, that doesn't fit. Save that for death metal. You're going to go, ah, start shrieking. Save it for black metal. Don't put it in, like, you know, whatever the hell. Traditional metal it doesn't fit. And people laugh at me for this. I'm like, well, fuck you. <laughs> Make up your mind which genre you want to be. But even so, she doesn't even like those genres. So, all right, fine. So the tenor of the times and that have let us listen to a lot of doom metal and occult rock, which is what I was talking about before, and stuff that I've been showing you too. Uh, mostly actually off my iPod from bands that were reviewed over at Third Eye over the years. But, you know, there's also some CD rips that I put in there. And we've been playing it on random. Uh, first we cycled through the entire iPod for a bit, but we kept hitting a lot of Shizuka, because I'm a big Shizuka Kudo fan, and a lot of black metal and stuff like that, a little bit of death metal. And she was like, oh, God, what is all this crap? Everything's like... And they would hit it in a row, like three to five in a row. And she's like, ah, I can't take this. This thing's running against me today. So like, all right, fine, let me make some playlists. So I made one that was all female-fronted occult rock and doom, and one that was just a broader doom, so it was like guys singing, girls singing, whatever. And that's what we've been doing, just on random. So you hear so like... So I have a question there. Okay. Why, why is all the hot Asian women singing this kind of music? <laughs> Where are you seeing this? Not so much in the, the occult rock and doom, though. I don't know, like, some of the stuff you've been posting, I'm like, wow. Well, that's probably a lot of Shizuka. <laughs> oh, and Necronomidal, which is no longer a thing. Oh, God. You know, anybody that knew me for a couple of years ago, we're like, oh, yeah, I was always talking about this new thing, this alternative idol thing that came about, and mm. this band that was, like, crossing, you know, J-pop, idol singing, and black metal, which was really bizarre. And, you know, they used Lovecraftian themes and, and this cool imagery. I love this shit, right? And... What happened was they had recently a big change. They keep, like, like idol groups do. They keep graduating people or whatever. But the one that I cared about always stayed. You know, Rosaki, because uh, Rosaki or something like that. What was, um, whatever happened to that band we both really liked? Um, which one? She, she was Japanese, a singer. Uh, they were, like, really big power rock. You talking about Crypteria? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What happened was they got a lot of flack, people who were into the whole gothic and the symphonic power metal thing. For some mm. reason, saw them as a joke. I don't know. They became a little bit more mainstream, but a lot of bands did in that genre. They became a little more radio-friendly. Okay. But for some reason, people just kept knocking them. And I guess the guy that was running it that started the project originally, this Chris, uh, I forget his last name right now, German guy, uh, dropped off. And said, all right, screw it, I'm doing whatever else. And they were in a hiatus for a while. She also got pregnant and married in the middle of this. Uh, okay. But, you know, she still went out there and performed again afterwards. But uh, So then the, the rest of the band, minus Chris, reformed as this group. Uh, and then she came, which is even more just kind of work-a-day, you know. Oh, sort of right, and then she came. Yes, yes, thanks for reminding me. Yes, I saw that. But yeah. I, didn't see, I haven't seen anything for a while. Well, that's probably just me because I don't like them as much. You know, the sound is a little bit different. But but I'm following them, too. They put out yeah. two albums, I think. They, I okay, had the one yeah. album, the first one, and they have a second album out. But, you know, it's just the usual. A lot of bands go on a two- and three-year cycle between releases. They're probably yeah. going to come out with another one soon. I think it's been about two years. She's so hot. Oh, she is, Gian? Oh, God. I actually have, uh, from when they were Criteria, 
<laughs> I, I sent away over there to uh, a couple of bands, Killer Barbies that went too, and they sent me back like a fan club card with all the faces of the band members on it, signed by all of them. So I have to hang it on my wall. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I, I always I wanted to get GN on the show when I was doing the uh, the Third Eye podcasts more, but it never happened. So you know, very very hot girl. I'm living in uh, Germany. She married a German guy, obviously, but uh, the band was really huge in Korea. At least Criteria was for that reason. Mm. I was like, oh, okay, it's just one of ours, I guess. <laughs> that was like their biggest following besides Germany. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're still around there but it, as that band. But in terms of with the iPod and stuff like that, uh, we've been playing all this stuff on random. So every time we go in there or add a new band, the list gets bigger and bigger. So, you know, you hear some of the same stuff a lot, but just individual track, flip, flip, flip. It's almost like having your own radio. So we've been oh, playing yeah. that constantly oh, yeah. in the car every time we go out, all those things. Yeah, no, you know what I had on mine that... I, out of the blue, I forgot it was on there because I, I have it playing on random shuffle on the computer sometimes with going through the big ass speakers, etc. Mm-hmm. Was Fleetwood Max then play on? Oh, I love that album. That album's so good. Yep. Oh well. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yeah, well, but just just so much stuff in there. I mean, you know what's you weird talk- about the old Peter Green Fleetwood Mac? A lot yes. of the best stuff wasn't even on albums because it was singles for Green Man Alishi. It was singles for uh, the one that Santana made famous, their Black Magic Woman. Black and Magic Woman. Even then, play on the, the longer version, I think, was originally as a single or, or a 12 inch. And then they, in more recent pressings, put the whole thing on there. But they used to have an abbreviated version on that album. But go ahead. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's just amazing what's on there. And, and the experimental. Uh, uh, outlook on music at the time. Right there, you talk about one of the most overlooked and forgotten <laughs> incarnations of a band. Uh, that album is just so incredible. And then I hear, oh, what's it, what's it called? Rattlesnake something. Oh, Rattlesnake, oh, yeah. Yeah, man, is that a That was my mother's tune. favorite. When I was asking about that album, because I you know, had, had gotten it years and years ago on cassette when I was a kid or a teenager, and my mother walked in and was like, oh, yeah, I used to love that album, Ralph Snake Snake. I'm like, how the hell did you know that? So it was back from the 60s, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the fuzz on that guitar is so clean. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and then I just, sorry, you, just, you were just mentioning like iPads and you know, like yeah. collections of music. I'm like, hey, you know what pops up on mine that it blows me away? Not long ago, I was listening to a lot of Fleetwood Mac, too. Not just those. But uh, the Bob Welch era, which unfortunately there's a thing where they went to the, uh, I don't know if they got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or something, and they listed mm-hmm. just about everybody that was in the band from day one, but didn't invite or mention Bob Welch. Well, fuck you guys. Bob Welch's stuff, some of it was great. Yeah, I'm aware of this, and I'm still trying to figure out what happened with that. I, I, I History not, some... to me is one of their best albums, period. Amazing shit. Well, I had Bob Bolts' French Kiss album. Remember that? Yeah, sure did. That was that was a good album. Yep. Yeah. He went solo afterwards and took some of his songs and redid them. Some of the Fleetwood Mac songs he had done or written, he brought mm. to his own solo career and redid them. I think, uh, oh, jeez, what the hell was the one? Sentimental Lady was one of them. Uh, yes. And he had a big hit with that solo. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, mm. Bob Bolts did a lot of good albums with him, and Mystery to Me is the one you really got to hear. But, then, you know... Don't mind that. Is that you? Yeah, it was a toaster. <laughs> uh, long story. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. shit happens. Uh, 
but then there was uh, the other era, the Lindsey Buckingham era, and not only is Buckingham Knicks, which is still somehow out of print, I know I have it on cassette, or did have it on cassette, uh, a really good album, but that first Fleetwood Mac album, everybody talks rumors, I, honestly, I'm sick of rumors, I mean, it, it was a good album, but enough already, uh, other than Rihanna, I can barely listen to it, but, uh, actually, no, wait, it was Dreams on that album, but the first album, the, the self-titled Fleetwood Mac is so good, and I got uh, the version where it's like a not deluxe because they had like versions going up to crazy money and like all this extra discs and lives and everything else. But the one that was like a two-disc version, and there's some outtakes on there that are so good. They actually early versions of songs before they became I, I think uh, one was before they came the chain or something, and it's so good. Some of this stuff, I'm like wow. So I was playing a hell of a lot of that. Um, but yeah, again, that was back before all this hit. That was back around December, I think. Uh, speaking of Mac, since you mentioned them. But anyway, in terms of all this doom metal stuff, just uh, for those who are curious, the ones I really, really like, and I think I recommend to you, was Aluna, uh, Bathsheba, uh, Blood Ceremony, The Devil's Blood. I was fans of them for a long time. Uh, unfortunately, Blood, Devil's Blood is no more because the guy uh, committed suicide, but that was part of his shtick. He was very... Uh, Devoted to his uh, alternate religion, let's leave it at that. <laughs> uh, Jack Stoth, who is, I always kind of held them down a little bit lower because I had heard their later stuff and their earlier stuff as totem, and it was like a little too mellow for me. But that one self-titled album they did back in 2008, I revisited that, and I'm like, holy shit! Almost everything on this album is great. Really strong, like stoner rock, uh, doom metal stuff. Uh, can't recommend it enough. Lucifer, the the band that uh, the girl from the Oath formed. Uh, mm-hmm. Both I I recommend the Oath too, but the first Lucifer album is so good. After that, she joined forces with the guy from Entombed, um, Nicky Anderson, who's been doing stuff like the helicopters and uh, uh, Imperial Country Electric or whatever the hell it is, which are all very retro sounding. It's very good at recapturing this '70s hard rock sound. So she thinks the newer stuff is better. I think the newer stuff just I don't know, it's too classic Rocky for me. The only song I really, really like is Phoenix. Phoenix is excellent uh, on Lucifer 2, I think. And they just put out a new album. I uh, haven't heard that yet. But the first album with uh, the guy from Cathedral on guitar, really good. Um, what else is really cool here? Psychedelic Witchcraft, same idea. A little bluesier. And the band she did with uh, the guy who was used to be the drummer in ooh, uh, Electric Wizard. Back when they were doing oh, Dope Throne. Yeah, yeah. Dope Throne yeah, was a fantastic yeah. album. I don't care for other Electric Wizard, but. Uh, so this guy now joined forces temporarily with the girl from Psychedelic Witchcraft and another guy who passed on, unfortunately, for this band Dead Witches. They put out an album, Weechee, which is really good. Sounds very much. Closest thing you're going to get to Dope Throne. Uh, what else we got here that was really good? Smoke Mountain. Uh, they were a band that didn't bother. They kind of independently released a three song EP. Uh, they never put it out on CD, really. And I'm waiting, because it just got picked up by a real label, Argonata from Italy. Put out a new album. new album's not bad. Um, I got a copy of it, and I'll be reviewing over Third Eye when it gets a little bit closer to release time. But uh, the first EP is really what needs to get released. I hope that Argonata puts that out, either as a bonus or just by itself again. Three songs, fantastic. Uh, you, you should just check it out. You can at least check it out in the band camp, like you mentioned. Love that one. Um, of course, I listen to the old stuff like Pentagram, Cathedral, St. Vitus, Trouble, whatever. Witch Runner, General, Calamus. 
pagan author who you've seen me in the shirt of many times, uh, Paul Chain, Conan, all kinds of stuff like that. But the other one I recommend a lot, which is a strange one because it took me a decade to get into, is Reverend Bizarre. There was a strange Finnish band uh, that later became uh, one of the guys became Lord Vicar, uh, who has their own career for going for a long time. Uh, the other guy uh, is just a nutcase, this guy Albert Witchfinder. But fantastic stuff. If you live to traditional doom, like Candlemas or uh, something along those lines, where the guy can actually sing uh, and the songs are slow and epic, this is really good stuff. And the trick with it, the reason I couldn't get into it forever, is because they're so slow and they drag out so long. You know, you get something like a Sabbath sort of a feel, yes. Uh, talking about especially uh, Master Reality era Sabbath, which is my favorite. But... And that's where a lot of doom metal comes from, is that era right there. But these songs, they'll run something for 25 minutes and a half an hour. And it's like, holy shit. You know, when I was uh, listening to stuff on the job or whatever, I'm like, this is just endless. I'm getting bored. But after all this time, I don't know, maybe it's just my mindset, or listening to more doom or uh, getting more into stoner rock or whatever. Because I listen to all this stuff like Sleep and all these bands that go on forever winter. Uh, that are known for really dragging it out, warning. Uh, hearing it now, I'm like, okay, now I get it. And I really love his voice, and I really like, they do covers in an unconventional way, like they took, like a Borsum cover, Dunkle Height, and they do it completely differently. I mean, it's the same song, but it's done as if it were always a doom metal song instead of a black metal uh, ambient keyboard thing. So it's like, what the hell? How do they even think of doing this? And yet it works. And actually, one of the ones I recommend, if anybody wants to experiment, say, okay, are these guys for me at all? Check out a single that, again, I think you'll find on Bandcamp or YouTube or whatever, called Goddess of Doom, which is hilarious because it's basically the guy's like got some kind of weird fetish for Christina Ricci, you know, from the Adams Family, the live-action movies. Don't ask me why. She's a strange-looking girl, but whatever. And he basically fetishes, fetishizes her into being like the high priestess of doom metal, which she has nothing to do with doom metal. She's just an actress. But <laughs> it's hilarious. It shows you how nuts the guy is. But really, really good stuff. And if you like that, then okay, check out more. If you don't, walk away and forget I ever mentioned them because the songs are so long. I mean, it's, it's actually really extreme in that respect. But that's a lot of what I've been listening to. There are other bands, of course, you know. Black Widow. Well, save, save, save some of them for the next show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I've been at with that stuff. Damn. <laughs> so anything else that uh, you were thinking I wanted to cover? I got some more stuff to talk about. But Do you, do you want to talk about it this show, or do you want to do another one of these? It's up I to mean, you, because uh, basically it was about that podcast that I was on. and uh, Oh, the, the one where you, 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 you referred to... Me, as the guy you met at the New Jersey Convention. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, you try to keep things like, okay, well, I'll make it too personal and pointed, but, okay, let me describe this person. This is. <laughs> you could have mentioned my name, damn it. <laughs> I try not to. I figure people I figure people want anonymity. You notice when I share stuff on Facebook, I usually don't credit anybody. I'll just take it out. Okay, a Facebook friend said this, or a friend, personal friend said this. <laughs> You're breaking my fucking heart. <laughs> no, I did listen to that show. Yeah. I did. Do you want to, you want to talk about that? Go yeah, ahead. Sure. Uh, so, uh. what happened was I got invited to another uh, group that I was in onto a really young podcast. This guy's only got like four of these out so far. Cleverly entitled the Shoot the Shit Podcast. Apparently, there's a whole bunch of podcasts out there called Shoot the Shit. Just so you know, 
for what was going to be a three-man conversation with you know, a couple other podcasters. It was supposed to be about films and how our perspective and experience changes as we get older, kind of like we were talking about doing before and like we did with the Bond show and some other ones that we spoke of over the years uh, where we mentioned them again. So, you know, I think this one's better or we said this last time, but now I'm seeing it differently. Okay, that was what it was supposed to be about. Instead, somehow it wound up turning into this deep philosophical discussion that wound up becoming the show's topic. It, the host actually said, and he said it on air, he's like, yeah, about two-thirds in, he's like, I just scratched the original topic off the list. This is much better than what I planned. The hell with it. We'll do it some other time. So uh, anybody that's interested in that, the links are there on our Facebook page. Uh, they're also on the Third Eye Facebook page. And it's on Spotify and YouTube. Don't ask me why he doesn't have it anywhere else yet. He's not on iTunes. He's not on a dedicated server. But he's on Spotify and YouTube. So <laughs> you can check out the links there. And I'd also done, over on Third Eye, several reviews. And I think this is what you were mentioning about music uh, earlier. Of those nightly operas. Uh, the Met has been doing free streaming of operas they pull from their repertoire. It's not always the best. It's not always the most famous. It's certainly not always the best uh, uh, divas and singers that they've got. But they just decide, okay, let's throw some of these out here that they've been doing, possibly since they started doing them in HD. I don't know. Uh, they're for nothing. If you got a Roku, you just grab the uh, Live at the Met app. And they only stream for about 20 to 23 hours. So they come on at 7.30 at night, and you've got until, I don't know, 3 o'clock in the afternoon to watch them uh, of the next day. And the ones that I reviewed were basically the ones that I thought we were talking about. Uh, they're only on the Facebook page right now for Third Eye. Eventually, I'm going to go put them all together when this is all over with and throw them as a post there on uh, the WordPress site as well. But right now, that's the only place you can find them. Uh, the ones I did do was Verdi's Il Trovatore with Anna Natrenko and a fellow named Young Hoon Kim, who surprised the hell out of me. Actually, both of them did. Uh, then a couple of days later, Donizetti's Lucia de Lammermoor, uh, once again with Anna Nepchenko, uh, who really, at that point, was like, okay, now this is, I understand why they're talking about her. She's really an opera diva in the old sense, which we don't have anymore. So it uh, stands out in that respect. Definitely very good stuff. And uh, later this week, they had a really bizarre CG mechanized multi-screen with wirework setup staging for Das Rheingold. They did the whole ring. Uh, from Wagner and sadly if ever you're wondering why I didn't do another one after that original post uh, the rest of the ring cycle the staging wasn't really that well utilized I mean it was passable still but it was not as good as I recall the 1990 staging in terms of acting performance uh, much less staging which was practical in those days and really really nice it was actually going according to Wagner's stage instructions back then uh, here was I don't know what they were doing other than Rheingold, which it was clearly designed for and did an amazing job with, it, it couldn't carry you through the four and a half hours a piece of these operas. My wife said it was like they paid all their money for the setup just for Rheingold and then had to justify the expense by using it over and over again to lesser effect for the other operas. It was kind of like uh, if you've seen like Star Trek Season 3 or the no-budget episodes you always got in every season of Doctor Who. You know, like, okay, we blew all our money already. Now how do we make a cheap old version? That was it. They kept using these same sets. I was like, yeah, they shouldn't have did that. They should have just went back to practical for it. You know, uh, I will say, though, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that stuff live at the Met. Yeah. It, it's it's overwhelming. Uh, a couple of years ago, talking about 10, yeah, it sounds about right, about 10 when I was still married to my ex-wife. Right. Just that one. <laughs> um, 
she had free passes and tickets. And, you know, all right, let's go. And so I saw they, they did this about 10 years ago, the ring. And uh, it's overwhelming. The amount of, you know, I could see why these tickets cost like a lot, gazillion dollars. There's like fucking 40 people on stage. Oh, yeah. They, you know, they do castles and, you know, um, I, what did I see? What was that? Diana Rigg years ago doing Medea, and it was done in a castle, but you could tell her behind stage it was a set, and everybody's running up and down the stairs. Yeah. And when I'm seeing this this opera version of The Ring, part one, because I never went back, so I can't do it anymore. It was like four hours of my life. <laughs> um, it was it was very I was very impressed by the staging. Yeah. You, you almost felt like you're watching a castle with people interacting. It was amazing, mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. And those people can blow out their lungs like that every night, you know, oh, yeah. or several times a week. Um, the thing that was a problem for me was the super titles because when I went, they were no longer above the stage. They were now on the back seat of the seat in front of you. Oh. So you had to look down, right? And you're missing all the action, yeah. Right, so you have to look up. You look down, you look up, you look down. I said, this doesn't work. But I guess they want to digitalize it in such a way and manner. So I noticed uh, some of the things you've been sharing, they've been inserting stuff for people who've been watching at home. Right. But that's not the way you see it when you go there. Mm -hmm. I doubt they went back to throwing the super tiles back on top of the stage. But it's it's awesome to watch this stuff live. Uh, I, I I mentioned to you I, I really like Nabucco live. Mm-hmm. Um, I I but not the world's biggest opera fan. But then I, I'm not crazy about ballet. <laughs> <laughs> it depends what opera you're talking about. I mean, True. honestly, even though I really enjoy Wagner for the Ring when it's staged properly, which is apparently kind of rare, uh, I am really a strictly Italian opera person and mostly Verdi at that. I do love yeah. Rossini. I do love Donizetti. I like Verdi, too. Puccini is... Uh, he's a schmaltz guy. I mean, I, I will watch his stuff, but I'm not a fan. Uh, but Verdi, I love, especially when it's done well. And, you know, it was interesting because Trovatore was not one that I really considered a favorite. It was just kind of like, okay, whatever. It's an acceptable Verity. It's not that big a deal. And seeing, you know, the Trenko with this guy, uh, Young Hun Lee there, was so good. And they loved this other guy. I forget his name. He's got a Czech name, I believe, uh, who was more of a bass, definitely the least low baritone, uh, that was playing the uh, the sinister lead there. I forget his name. Uh, that was like the husband. And everybody was going nuts for him. And standing ovation when he walked out. And he's like trying to be modest for faking it and you know, loving the whole thing. And mm. my wife's like, why did they make such a big deal? He's not that great. I mean, he was okay. But he was no Samuel Ramey, for example. He was just kind of like, eh. And this guy, Young Hoon Lee, blew him off the stage. And, of course, Neptranko was like, oh, my God. So it was like, well, of all the people there, he was just like, eh. And yet, he got the biggest rounds of applause. I don't understand it. I can't remember his name, but uh, anybody who looks back will find out what it was. That's why I didn't mention him. If those they look in a review, I'm just like, yeah, okay, he's there. <laughs> Our That's most what... eclectic show yet. Exactly right. <laughs> but, you know, again, spur of the moment, what we've been doing, that's yes. really it. That's what's been going on. And, of course, I've been doing, uh, still polishing off uh, label by label, uh, person by person. 
reviews over at Third Eye. Just you know, you got more time on your hands. If I uh, if she's busy doing whatever, playing her video game or something, I might pop over there and do another dozen or so music reviews. And there you go. There's another one for you. So uh, where, they, where do you do all these discs? Uh, well, those don't come in as discs. When they uh, when I review stuff, that's all via virtual. It's uh, MP3 downloads. So, okay, okay. All right, no, no. Let's just back question. it up. If it was CDs, yeah, yeah that would be crazy. <laughs> yeah, you you do. Uh, I've, been, I've been reading your stuff, and, and, and of course. And you, you sometimes you've been doing, uh, in the past at least, you know, yeah. 20, 30, 40 of these things. Like, oh, my God, what are you going to do with these? Oh, yeah, some of those ones when they were monthly, some, you can get to like 80 and 100, and they're dependent. I mean, yeah, some of them are singles, some of them are EPs, which is like, you know, maybe two songs or something, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. But nonetheless, it was a lot of stuff in there going from, you know, AOR and traditional all the way down to, you know, prog rock or whatever, going all the way down to, you know, some really nasty stuff like, you know, war metal or whatever the hell. It's really, you know, just noise more or less, uh, electronic, whatever. And that those things were huge. Uh, so much stuff covered in those, and it's just—I you know, don't have the patience for that at this point. And I think it's a little more fair to bands within a given genre to at least not only compare them against bands of that same genre, which I do anyway, but not being covering them in the same day as okay, I'm listening to Boston, I'm covering that, and then I'm gonna go cover you know whatever the hell Satanic Warmaster. And of course, you're gonna be like. Wow, what the hell is this? Unless it really catches you, because uh, the one is like so smooth <laughs> and whatever, and the other one's like nasty and raw and Satanic shitty production. And, yeah, right. Exactly. That's the real band. I'm actually a fan of they, that. They, <laughs> they expect to sell a lot of copies with that one. Exactly right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Come uh, the fuck on. I mean, you know, at some, I know what the the market they're going for, but. Hello, everybody ages is dwindles. Uh huh. So that's the thing. It's, it's some of these things. I'm like. Who's, and some of them are actually pure noise. Bands are out there that will make nothing but noise, almost like a metal machine yeah. music from Lou Reed, and sell this. And I'm like, who the fuck is buying this? Or they're proud of the fact that they're atonal. They have no melodies and harmonies well, in their music. I'm like, well, you know, everybody changes, though. Do you remember the Swans? Yes. And he's still around. Yeah, you know, and, and I was a big, big fan of the Swans because there was a point, yes, it's true, in my life that Diamanda Galas, the Swans. Oh, I love Diamanda Galas, yeah. Yeah, this stuff kind of spoke to me for a period in my life. Mm-hmm. I won't go into that. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, and then I'm buying more and more Swan stuff, and all of a sudden they're, they're covering traffic. Do you remember that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Can't find my way back home. And then, and then suddenly it's like, oh, he got rid of the girl, but now he's got a big 10 gallon cowboy hat yep. on. <laughs> And, and 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 it's it's uh, Michael Gira. Yes. And uh, and the Swans don't sound like the Swans anymore. So I mean, what what do you expect when you go see a Swan show nowadays? It's like it happens no. with a lot of bands. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But when you talk about something like a Satanic Warmaster, they got to do that. They got to drop that band altogether and go to another band. And you see that too. A lot of these bands have you know bands. Sometimes it's one person has five or six different bands that they're going under oh because i wanted to do prog rock so here i got this band over here called orna or i wanted to do electronics so i got this band over here called yeah, uh, e- I, see, Lux I see that i see that a lot yeah. yeah so it's like it's crazy and then again the prog guys do it a lot too the prog guys do it a lot too because uh it's not not it's not a monetarily thing it's because like you know sometimes if you're a good mus- a good musician 
mm-hmm. sometimes your mind's all over the place. Yep. Right? And it's like, I want to do this kind of stuff. And so, like, I also have this on Bandcamp, but listen at your own caution. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know it's like, and that's another thing is a lot of people would like to play with somebody like, okay, I'm going to get together. I know you love Mike Portnoy. It's like, okay, there's a lot okay. of musicians out there, like somebody on Fate's Warning or hell, that will do a project with Mike Portnoy, but they're not going to call it Fate's Warning because they don't have anybody else in the band. It's just, you know, the guitarist and him and maybe one other person. So they're going to call it something else. And yeah. that happens a lot. Or the other one, a band continues on, loses one member or two members, but they don't want to get caught up in like lawsuits over it. I own the name or some crap. So they just switch the name of the band. I'm like, okay, well, this band's no more, but we got this new one. Kind of like Cryptiria with And Then She Came. They're not the same right. band, but it's pretty much the exact same fucking band. It's missing well, one what, member. What, but with a different sound. Right. They do have a different right. sound. So the, things do change because of that. And you always notice the difference, but yeah, there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on. <laughs> but sometimes you're really sitting there wondering, like, who's buying this crap and why would they? You really oh, yeah. turn the profit? <laughs> yeah, no, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of, a lot, a lot of my, you know, a lot, a lot of my, my the prog bands I like, uh, you know, I, I, you know, they're friended the musicians. Mm-hmm. More so than like their pages, I actually friended the musicians. And uh, um, probably it's a good good note to go out on. Yeah. Um, I, I'll ask you this too. This, I'll ask you first, actually. Does some of some of the bands you like, are those guys been doing home concerts lately? Uh, not really, because, but I've seen that happening with a lot of musicians. Yeah, uh, a lot of the guys that, that I know have been doing home concerts. You know, like they're not charged. Well, let me put it this way. Most of them have been playing because they like to play and they know people like them. And they've been doing one hour, two hour, three hour shows. Uh, sometimes I can only hang in for a little bit. It's like, well, it's late. Some guys have been doing it, guys being men and women, I'm just using a generic term here. Some guys have been doing it and saying, you know, I have PayPal, I have Venmo, you know, I'm not at work. You couldn't see my new album because the plant closed. I was supposed to be on tour because you don't know, you know, you know why I'm not on tour. So, you know, if you like my show I'm doing live right now, a lot of the jazz guys are doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, John Schofield and uh, Chuck Mangione and somebody else are going to do virtual concerts soon. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to go because jazz being the eclectic group that it is, you go to a jazz concert, it's like, okay, there's my whole bunch, right? <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, but they but, also get like 12 people attending, so they kind of got to do that. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I'm one of them. <laughs> but <laughs> I go to these things too, but I mean, only when they're free or cheap. Like coffee yeah, no, if you look around, Village Vanguard uh, does occasionally have some really cool people, and uh, but it's it's hit everybody. So I was just asking if you, but you say not too much. Of I haven't seen too many, but yeah, I do hear people are doing this all over the place. So I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. More, I'm yeah, getting this, newsletters yeah. and things saying we apologize, but we can't get this thing pressed or whatever. We're going to delay it right. because of this. We don't want to do the concerts. That kind of stuff's coming through. But you know, actually doing a home concert, not so much. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot more on my – the same thing really cool. I'll try to share it on my page. Um, sometimes things happen, and I don't even know about it. It's like I'll get up and uh, happened 14 hours ago. I'm like, damn, I would have liked to have watched that live, but it's still on there, so I'll share it, you know, whatever. Um, so are we – Yeah, I mean, that's basically it. We are just yeah. doing this little impromptu thing, and, you know, the stuff that I figured we should cover, we covered it all, and then some. So uh, – 
thanks for joining us tonight. We hope you enjoyed our little drawing room chat on everything and nothing. <laughs> Next time, uh, we'll see what happens. You know, maybe we'll do another one of these, depending how long this thing drags out. Uh, otherwise, we will see you when Season 10 kicks off with the Burt Reynolds Show. Uh, once yes, it gets edited yes. and everything's calmer. Uh, if you'd like to contact us here, comments, suggestions, or you're a filmmaker musician who'd like to join us in here, drop us a line on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash weirdscenes1, or our website, weirdscenes1.wordpress.com. Uh, we're also at Twitter, at weirdscenes1, and on Podbean, uh, which is forward slash thirdeyescinema.podbean.com. And we're on iTunes, itunesapple.com forward slash, uh, well, actually, we won't do that. But it's Third Eye Cinema, Weird Scenes Inside the Goldmine Podcast is what you look up under. And our ID is 553-402-044. Weird Scenes Inside the Goldmine, brought to you by the new and improved Third Eye Cinema Weird Scenes Network, now on Podbean. So and else? Ivory Snow. And Ivory Snow. <laughs> yes, that's true. With Marilyn Chambers. Uh, <laughs> you remember that scandal? <laughs> Uh, wasn't there somebody else, one of the other porn stars, the male one on one of those? Uh, I know the cigarette guy was a uh, bisexual porn star. Uh, it was uh, the model. Uh, it was Wade. Wade, yeah, Wade, Wade Nichols, yes. Wade uh, Nichols, yeah. But I thought somebody else was on some other sort of thing, like uh, either Ivory Snow or Mr. Coffee or something like Tom Byron. No, you're somebody. right. Yeah, somebody was. I'm sure I'm sure <laughs> numerous ones. Yeah, so I, I just had to do it. And Ivory Snow. Uh, <laughs> Um, um, what was he going to say? Um, yes, thank you. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we, I think you'll like this show. It's different from our norm, different from what we normally do, which means probably a lot less edits by our dear editor. Oh, yeah. I don't plan to edit this too much. You're going to hear it more or less raw. So. Yeah, raw is good. Raw is good. <laughs> oh, use a little lube, honey. <laughs> uh, so. I'm basically going to just check the levels, make sure we're kind of more or less even with our voices. And yeah, make sure it's it. wet enough. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so this may go out tonight for I know, or earlier. <laughs> no, I don't like it like that. No, so uh, <laughs> don't do me like that. Uh, so, uh, See, the virus is making us all loopy being caged up like this. <laughs> yes. Wait till the next show where one month into the thing, we're going to name check song lyrics. Oh! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm kind of scared about the music you're listening to, but uh, but it's okay. Hey, you <laughs> like some of it, so there you go. <laughs> uh, it's okay, I'm kidding. <laughs> anyway, no, seriously, thank you all for listening. Please stay safe out there. And as corny as it sounds, if you're going to party, party with your close ones or close one. And, uh, yeah, you know, just uh, try not to get sick. And if you are, if you're not too sick, stay home. Yeah, stay home um, anyway. Just you know, go out there, get yeah. your food, whatever you need to do, get your drugs, and just get back all the back home. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Take your aspirin, take your medicine, drink plenty of vodka. You know, you're going to be all right. Yeah. But um, if you got an excessive high fever, you don't need anybody else telling you. Mm-hmm. Go see your doctor. Yeah. But hopefully, we will get beyond this. Yeah. Uh, if people can actually kind of limit themselves to not socializing and not getting too close to people and not being out in the public 24-7, like they seem to still be doing, we can get over this one. I don't want to say quickly, but a lot more quickly than if uh, they keep yes. being stubborn. So don't be like uh, all these Lakewood people having parties and weddings and every damn thing. And stay the hell home. Isn't that where the Hindenburg disaster was? <laughs> yes, I think it was. 
Damn, you live in a town where a giant Zeppelin blew up. And wow. Where is the somewhere in South Jersey was the War of the Worlds? Remember where the Martians landed? <laughs> I think it was Lakewood too. Holy shit, man! You live in a cursed area. That's it. First it's Nazis and then it's aliens, or vice versa. Um, damn. But but I will say this for Jersey City in the Tom Cruise version of the movie, they hit Jersey City first. <laughs> Actually, which is not a bad movie. And the CV. Wow. You should watch that. Okay. This is your punishment. For the next show, you're going to watch every Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> oh, God. That would be funny. Well, uh, Hey, I did watch or try to watch all those Mission Impossible movies. We did that a couple of and, months and back. And you like, you like most of them surprisingly, didn't you? Yeah, the, the more recent ones for sure. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of like Anne Rice with the uh, interview with the vampire. She's like, oh, my God, Tom Cruise. She took out full-page ads in the Times saying, stop them. I don't want to see this. It's going to desecrate everything. And he came out and she's like, you know what? He was okay. (laughs) He was more than okay. He was surprisingly good. And then, you know what? I have to say this. I know. We're ending on Tom Cruise now. Who knew? (laughs) I have to say this. After I saw that a few times, I'm like... Who else could have done that? Yeah, that's true. I was very surprised myself. Wow, that actually did sort of pull it off. All right, man. Stay healthy. I'll talk to you again soon, and we'll do this again soon. All right. Cheers. Take care, everybody. Bye. So it's like, hmm, what's going on here? Yeah, I just got on because, you know, we were doing some stuff here. She had to do something for, believe it or not, doing some work from home. But it's really kind of random with her. So. <laughs> just like oh, really? Up. Work from home? Yeah, cool. not really. Like, as in, like, you know, I used to do or you've been doing or whatever else. But just kind of a random, like, oh, you know, can you do this quick on the website kind of a thing. So she just oh, finished fine. that. Somebody's working. I'm working <laughs> from home. Are you doing it permanent now or they just bring you in every other day like they were doing, which is crazy? Uh, I, 
I was starting out a couple of weeks ago doing it on Tuesdays, working from home, just because I finally said enough of this shit. You know, everybody in my my small department can work from home. And they got me through, and it's good to know people in the, the upper echelons of the IT department of the firm, so I got everything really fast. Okay. You know, like the special rights and, you know, and... Then they decided to have me on as well uh, on two different computers. So I had to get the laptop from the firm, which is using VPN. And I'm using Citrix for the other thing, and everybody's on through the Citrix. Of course, yeah. It's fucking... Anyway. So then it was work from home three days a week coming on two, and I would go in there, and there was only two office assistants who I felt really bad for. They're nice people. I'm like, what are you guys doing here? What are you doing here? Uh-huh. I said, I'm leaving. <laughs> like, I'm staying for an hour or two, do what I got to do, and then I'm, you know, I don't, I don't even know whether I'm going to sign back on when I go home and that kind of thing. And, yeah. and more and more people were getting sick uh-huh. at the firm. So my location at Whitehall, there was this, uh, I told you about this last time, there was a guy who went to the same uh, synagogue. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole thing in New Rochelle. And then apparently there was a much older woman, I hate to say elderly, who was upstairs on the 26th floor, who daughter had it. And so, you know, she's out. And then word of mouth, and they had to come back and clean again. And then some more attorneys got it at 55 Hudson Yards, which is now a ghost town. Right. And so they've been closed for two weeks Everywhere. Okay, good. I, I was worried you were still going in and out of the city. I'm like, Jesus. No, no. Although, you know, to be quite honest, I, even though I'm working from home, I do I kill my lunch hour doing this. Time flies when you're not working. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm really busy when I'm working from home. It's a pain in the ass. Um, but uh, when I get my lunch hour, I take an extra 10, 15 minutes as well. I go outside. I just got, even if it's chilly out, and if it's raining out, I just got to walk. Get some fresh air, yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, it's, I already did my cabinets, and I already did this and that, and, and I pulled out the guitar for the first time in a while recently, and uh, I said, okay, that's on the list too, but I, you know, I have a lot of papers to sort, so let me do the must-have things. This way, I can now get down to the enjoyment stuff. Yeah, sure. Because you know? it's just me, you know? Right. And I'm the only one here. And, and so, so I was throwing out shit left and right. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully nothing good, like posters or whatever. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, You know, to tell you the truth, I see a lot of things I do want to put on eBay eventually, but now is not the time because, to be frank with you, I'm sitting in front of the computer for eight hours a day when I am working. Mm-hmm. Who wants to sit on, let's say, the weekends posting all this shit yep. on eBay, you know? And uh, what I might do is uh, I, I, I see occasional friend do this. Uh, not so much anymore, probably because they got rid of them. It's like just batch a couple of things. Take, like, screenshots of 10 and 10 and 10. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, guys, I'm going to post this eventually. If you guys are interested, let me know, and I'll tell you the prices. You know, they're all reasonable. Because mm-hmm. that's a lot easier than 
making an individual record, going in there, you have to do the PayPal fees, you got to do that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying. So you want to test this, and we'll do our uh, our show, and I think it'll be fun. It'll be good for us. All right, so let's give it a try. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, tune in to Third Eye Cinema, your source for in-depth discussion of cult cinema with a focus on film that matters. Cult, grindhouse, drive-in, independent, and underground film from the dawn of the talkies through the early 90s. This is a forum where we explore genre film and music from around the world, in-depth conversation and career analysis with directors, actors, and musicians, and open discussion on films that matter, those that fall outside the mainstream corporate film by boardroom committee. These are the problems of the auteur, the visionary, the dreamer, the outsider. None of that direct that passes for mainstream film these days. This is all about the glory days of independent cinema from all over the world. Any of the hotbeds of obscure, oddball, or generally wild cinema available on DVD from the dawn of the medium to this very day. Join us as we delve deep into the cinematic netherworld here on Third Eye Cinema. Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, on the Big Papa Online Network on Blog Talk Radio. What is At Eye Level? A reductio ad absurdum look at the headlines, from politics to pop culture, from the corporate to the individual. Every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, we take a not-so-serious look at the serious issues of the day. Whether it's politics, economics, social issues, music, or old movies and TV shows, we discuss everything the corporate media overlooks while making you laugh at the absurdity of it all. Hell, you've got to have a sense of humor about life. Just look at the headlines. So join me, Matt G. And me, Doc Savage. Every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern as we navigate the sea of trolls, talking points, and trickery. And try to figure out a way to be there when tomorrow comes. At eye level, bringing more to you. Only on the Big Papa Network, on Blog Talk Radio. Join us on Tuesday nights at 6.30 Eastern for an exploration of the many roads and methods which promise to lead us to the ultimate answer, a higher purpose, the meaning of life. I'm just like a lot of you, a middle-aged mom with piles of laundry and a meditation practice. I've been down many roads to get where I am today, and my journey is far from finished. But I'd like to share my experience and hard-earned wisdom with you. So what is it about women and spirituality? It seems like we're always the first to try out something new. Christianity was spread in large part by wealthy women. And where would Uncle Al be without his scarlet women? Who is by and far the largest audience of New Age alternative spirituality? What is it about us that always has us seeking? And why does it always seem that men tend to take over what we discover? Join us for a dialogue between two long-lost friends representing both the yin and yang aspects of the whole, each of whom have traveled multifarious paths all across the spectrum of spirituality, the dark side and the light, from the organized to the out of the way. This show is for all those frustrated in their quest who've been through various stops on the spectrum of spirituality and found them ultimately unfulfilling. Join us for some hard-earned lessons and thoughts on potential new directions and possible value in what inevitably fails in organized practice, but which may have some merit to the solo practitioner, fellow seekers of truth, in this journey towards light. Moving towards life. Lessons in life and spirituality from unconventional seeker. Bringing more to you, only here on the Big Papa Online Network. On Blog Talk Radio.
every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Join us for Weird Scenes Inside the Gold Mine, your essential guide to all things wild and wonderful in the world of cult entertainment. Drop in for a spell with Doc Savage, Lois Paul, myself. Discuss the beloved, the Katie, the career, and the wonderful world of cult film, music, television, and more. We'll be covering classic films, shows, musicians, and literature of the past, with an eye towards what new visions may still arise from the soullessly derivative mire of our modern age. Tune in, turn on, and take a step outside the mainstream as we dig deep into the rich vein of cult cinema, music, and television right here on Weird Seats Inside the Gold Mine. Only here on the Big Papa Online Network on Blog Talk Radio.